Are you ready to meet the moment? Ozzy and our friends at Chevrolet are proud to present Real Talk, Real Change to help foster racial equality in America. And we're inviting you to help. Join me, Carlos Watson, as I talk with key leaders from across the country about racial disparities in America's healthcare system. Look for The Carlos Watson Show and Real Talk, Real Change on YouTube and subscribe. Or download The Carlos Watson Show wherever you get your podcasts. And during the few moments that we have left, we want to talk right down to earth in a language that everybody here can easily understand. This is Spotlight, the official podcast of Grapple. I'm Benno. I'm Joe. And I'm JP. And good news, lads. We were just talking about it off air. Amazing breakthrough this week. The Gathering Tarana documentary. It's been found. So when did this happen? <laughs> <laughs> I've just found this out off air. And JP has neglected to tell me about this. And I've seen him every day. <laughs> Over the past week, except for Saturday and Sunday. I can't think why I wouldn't have told you at some point, because this happened during the week. Mm. I'm sure I mentioned it in one of the kind of hurried, got you've got into work, just have to go straight into a classroom type deal. Mate, we, we spoke plenty. <laughs> the, there were lunchtime walks. That's oh, very true. Wait, did you lunchtime walks? What's the, what's the scenario there? So We just walk around in a circle. Stephen oh, nice. Louch, who, again... Doing God's work, managing what a to get this through I through Rangers connections as well, um, which is uh, you know managing to get this documentary mm. again. Our old fucking nemesis ITV step into the mix, put a copyright bloody claim on it, and instant then it went up. Unbelievable! The shite. What are ITV up to? What what money is in this documentary for ITV? <laughs> Maybe they're saving it for BritBox. Well, yeah. Is it on BritBox? Is Probably. it really? Probably They're going to be gobshites about this stuff, though, aren't they? I, d- I, 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 d- I downloaded BritBox this week, JP. I, I got the, I got to, took the month trial. Doesn't work with Chromecast. You can't you can't launch an app and not work with Chromecast. Bullshit. I didn't even know it launched. I knew about it, but mm. it's like beta phase or something. Mm, yeah. I, I just, think so at the moment, yeah. Okay, what's on there? Basically, ITV and BBC. But like, there's like, they're putting loads of archival stuff on yeah. there. I'm just looking for Gaza in China does now. Gaza in China, Gaza in China, make the cut on that one. No results. Unbelievable. Gaza generally. Gaza. Let's see. Not one Jimmy result. Fight bellies. Not one result. So in which case, they're gobshites <laughs> taking this down. Either way, Stephen, I'll be in. I'll be in contact. We'll work out a way of uh, hopefully getting it across. Certainly for review, Mike. Save that one for Ask Rev Joe. What do you reckon? As a review for oh, that. It's a, it's a Christmas special, that one, if uh, if I ever heard it. A, a, a review of Gaza in China. I think we've got to watch that. We've got to watch... The, what's the Maradona one that was on HBO? Not... Is it the Maradona one Netflix. we were looking for? The Netflix one, yeah. That we... I went to start that one on Friday and then got distracted by something else. But Oof. it's on my list, don't worry. I will watch the Maradona in Mexico documentary. That's yeah. it, yeah, in Mexico. It looks like a treat. <laughs> yeah, they've taken him to the home of the Sinaloa cartel. So I can't imagine anything going potentially wrong during that. Good mates <laughs> with Fidel Castro, wasn't he Maradona? Yeah. Was he? Yeah, there's, 
He was yeah. a connected man and the Gamora as well. Yeah, you know, he sense, loves you know. a mob. He loves a communist uh, dictator as well. He gets away right. with it, doesn't he? Like a bizarre, very outgoing Zalig. That's a weird Woody Allen reference. <laughs> Forrest Gump type figure who appears in with these kind of people, except he's like just off his tits at the time. God bless him. The world would be a much duller place without Maradona Diego Maradona. Forrest Gump. Yeah, as being just involved yeah, I know in... Yeah, you mean. It's just the comparisons. Uh, yeah. I think I'd watch a documentary. Forrest Gump was at the Azteca Stadium when he uh, did the hand of God. What a very different film Forrest Gump would have been if he had some of the character traits of Diego Maradona <laughs> during that time. I think he'd have ended up with the AIDS like Jenny. Let's be honest. Underrated film, though. Very good. Be better, better with Maradona, though. It would be, it'd be a wilder film, I'll tell you that what. <laughs> Him in China. I think there might be a bit more casual racism during certain scenes as well when he's shrimping and all the rest of it. Oh, definitely, yeah. There'd be some nasty Gaz- things uh, in the shrimp and chocolates. Maradona in Vietnam? Well, Lieutenant Dan's got a bit of Maradona about him. Mm. He is. Maradona losing his legs, fucking hell. <laughs> would be different, that's that'd, that'd be a real tragedy. It'd be worse if he lost his arms, but, you know, that'd be that bad too. Have you seen that yet, that documentary? Nope, still not. No, that's on my list. Them two, I think we really do need to get together and watch properly. Like, I'm going to see it on Sunday for Rev Pro, but I don't think we'll be able to do anything like that. Uh, maybe next time one of us uh, come down or you guys are staying up here or, or just for Ask yeah. Rev Joe in general, we need to do that. We should do like a live, somebody mentioned today, we should do a live watch along of uh, that Prince Andrew shoot interview that uh, that happened over the weekend. Probably add that one to the list as well. <laughs> Prince Andrew. I watched it today. <laughs> Shoot interview. It just needs like an RF video logo in the background. Uh, Louch again, hero coming to the rescue. Did the to the Photoshop of that on Twitter. He's the man of the week. I feel really bad for him running down Scotland on BWE this week. I'll, I'll take it all back, most of it. All I'll say is, apart from the ICW you, stuff, if you compare him Prince Andrew to someone in an RF shoot interview, you compare an Emily Maitlis, the finest broadcaster in the UK at the moment, if you ask me, mm. to Rob Feinstein. <laughs> so there's a bit of irony going on there, considering <laughs> what Prince Andrew was being interviewed about as well, oh and what so like, like Epstein was up to. Does that make Kirsty Young sort of Doug Gentry in that case? Uh, yeah, how have we gone into like news night <laughs> discussion? <laughs> I think it was. Oh, she saw it well. Hey, she you know well. what? She the did weird best thing of, was, she did best Andrew thought he went well. Sorry, go and say that again, but no, Andrew thought it went well. Look, just like you know, all the eighties wrestlers who've been introduced by, by Feinstein think these things go well. But I do think her interview technique was better. It wasn't just a lot of you know, uh, your memories of. I think she she got to the crux of the matter. It was more. Um, what's the other one? The other shoot interview series? You shoot is it? Uh, with the oh, what's that dude's name? He looks a bit like John oh. Vorash. Um, oh, yes, it was more of that that kind of way but i would have preferred as a few people have said today on twitter like for them to take uh questions from the audience like they do on that like that one where um al snow got asked a question from by neville southfall of liverpool and it was something <laughs> on, it was something along the lines of al snow you've gone on it was i think it was ian um al snow you're someone who's uh, gone on record before as saying that unless a match match draws money it's a bad match so it kind of categorically be said that you've never had a good match in your life Perfect. Neville's awful. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, there's a fucker who takes himself too seriously. Yeah. <laughs> Bit like Prince Andrew. 
in, in yeah well the royal family generally i'll tell you what the royal family i've never liked but the day diana died mm. was the end of any affection i ever had for the royal family yeah. in fact tv was cancelled for a fucking week oh, yeah. God, yeah. as a result of her death football matches cancelled yeah the only good thing that came out of the day she died was that alvaro recoba brace for inter milan this <laughs> debut <laughs> they still broadcast football italia on channel four Good. Because I think it was Newcastle Leeds they cancelled that day, and I was going to the Did pub they? to watch it. Would have been a cracking game in the mid nineties. You were going to the pub? Watch. How old were you? Ten. Oh right, okay, <laughs> fair enough. No, I was going with my auntie and uncle to oh. the pub to watch it at the Southampton Sports Centre. Ah, that yeah. makes a lot of sense. Now I just remember <laughs> being in bed as a kid and my mum waking me up to give me the news that Princess Diana's died, and as a kid just thinking, eh. It's not a wrestler or a footballer, yeah. I don't care. <laughs> Mate, we were the feature game on Match of a Day. God. Before Match of a Day did the morning broadcast, so it had been recorded. I was sent at my auntie's house. We were on against Chelsea, lost 4-2 at Stamford Bridge. We're in yellow socks because our kit man forgot our socks, so we had to wear Chelsea's away socks in that game, I remember. I had to turn it off because my nan called and announced that Princess Diana had died. From then on, the <laughs> royal family, I was just done with them forever. Yeah. Any affection, yeah. Uh, Sorry, we got onto an anti-royal rant. I can't think we've got many. I mean, we've already ran off all the Tories, well, all of them will. We're not going to, like, <laughs> there's no royalists are there that are going to be listening to us at this point. Or maybe big fans. The, oh, the worst thing about the Prince Andrew news and the, the interview, the worst thing about it is the Boris Johnson, Jennifer R. Curry stuff is not getting the attention it yeah. otherwise would have got. Yeah. So I watched that interview last night as well. Comedy fucking gold. Uh, Honestly, if you want a good laugh for an hour, watched a good bit of ITV yesterday. So if I'm a celebrity, <laughs> get me out of here. Oh. <laughs> Followed by uh, an interview with Jennifer R. Curry, where she was making me laugh. Not intentionally so, but yeah, there's some hilarious stuff. And that's sort of stopped him for actually... I'm laughing about a program about the Prime Minister. Imagine if this was Blair or Theresa May or someone. It just felt a bit wrong. Yeah. But at the same yeah. time, shows us what Gordon Brown state we're in at the moment as a country. So, yeah. yeah. There's a debate tomorrow as well. Yeah. Yeah. That, that it would have been a. Yeah. Well, do you know what? He fucks up in debates. I'll just mm. say that much. He's not a good debater. If someone just goes to him when he starts doing his blah, 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 blah eating bollocks, and somebody <laughs> just pulls him up and just goes, gobshite, fucking answer the question. <laughs> That's not going to happen, obviously, in the fantasy world where I'm working as the... Uh, you should be in the studio audience asking the question. I'd call oh, I'd love it. Prick, wouldn't I, and get kicked out. <laughs> yeah, I've seen you hold it together. Mm. I've seen you be diplomatic. Do you reckon you, you get in as press? Your little press hat, JP, right, put your grapple, ab- ab- um, your grapple application in. Uh, Bellator yeah. saw through that this week, so maybe, maybe 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 we should think about twice about that. It's worth a punt. You don't buy a ticket, you don't win the lottery, do you? <laughs> Think let's go to Bellator this time. Yeah. I'll live. <laughs> it is it is like watching like it's it it's like kind of bad WCW in the sense of not many stars mm. like young people. It's not like the bloody place with a sold up. I can slag it off now. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I was all prepared if they'd given tickets to say, do you know what I love? Bellator. Progress out through at Wembley. Yeah, they did, yeah. Wow. Yeah, they did. I only did about 4,000 there. Oh. I think they had that bloke from Geordie Shaw fighting on it. Is Aaron that Chalmers. That's the one. Wow. Yeah, he's on there. Speaking of which, you mentioned I'm a celebrity. Quick update. How's Ian Wright doing? I haven't seen any of it yet. I didn't watch the, I didn't watch the whole episode. I just saw him and uh, the person who used to play Lauren in EastEnders, Max Brannan's daughter, who fell off oh, the yeah. roof. Oh, I remember her, yeah. Task where 
they were having to walk basically on a roof, and I was like, oh, that's kind of how she, uh, brother and sister died in EastEnders. And I she was going to say, wasn't there that young lad on the live episode? Bradley. That's the yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a bit of that going on. I was like, are they playing off the old EastEnders figure? And then Ian Wright almost fell off at one point, and then I think I switched over because it wasn't that good. Oh. Harry Redknapp wasn't there. That was the problem. <laughs> <laughs> he was the draw last year. Yeah, they should let us, but I'm a celebrity. I reckon they do better ratings. It's been slipping the last couple of years. We could help. Yeah, Shaw Samuel's on there. There you go. We've been we've been banging that drum for a while, JP. Yeah. Get him. Gaza. Yeah. I get would he handle it? I'm not gonna lie. When me and my girlfriend were washing it last night, we were doing our dream I'm a celebrity lineups. <laughs> oh god, who's in I it? Said, Gaza. Gaza with five bellies. <laughs> and then I had to explain to her who Jimmy Five Bellies was, which wasn't easy. Uh, <laughs> So what did he actually do? He just hang around with him. <laughs> yeah. Just drinking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Until hopefully one day you see that point in China where it drinking with Gaza suddenly became a bit too much. He pisses off. He's had enough see, billiards by that stage. You can see Shah getting on with five bellies out there on the show together. Mm. Start on the table there. It work. Mick Johnson. <laughs> Brooks on. Yeah. Corkill. Corkill. Bring oh, we're in the dream scenario. Bring him yeah. with a gig as well, couldn't he, Benno? Oh yeah, apparently he's uh, what? What's he doing? He's he's putting up people in hotels in uh, in the Liverpool area. We had that this week. Airbnbs. Times have felt hard for uh, for poor Tenad. Used to be a big star. Is it is it in his house or is he owning this house? No, on the no, side? no. He um so person. Well, you know yeah. who the person is. Yeah. Um, so she's not listening to this. <laughs> she's not. <laughs> We're taking a weird state of affairs. I'm a friend of mine, um, a mate, went to Liverpool and went to her Airbnb and Tinhead turned up and it was a property <laughs> that he owned and he had two Bluetooth headsets on at the time, apparently. And, <laughs> of course yeah. he did. <sighs> so apparently he's in the Airbnb game these days. Oh, he's uh, doing all right for himself then if he's owning properties, no? I, I assume so. It's an old school way of thinking, but... The acting's yeah. dried up. Yeah, he's moved past it now. Property development, that's where <laughs> the big bucks are. Yeah. Perhaps he went to Robbie Fowler's School of Property Development. Mm. Oh, oh, was he offering loads of courses on those? Yes. I've seen posters. Is that a real thing? Even in London. Yeah, I've seen posters in London. Oh, my God. Doesn't Rob- he own most of Altrincham or something daft like that at one point? Though we used to sing at Man City, we all live in a Robbie Fowler house. <laughs> I used, I always like Robbie Fowler, like as far as like a Liverpool player goes. Like I always like had a little soft spot for him that time when he um when all those cocaine rumours were out and he uh, he oh, scored yeah. a goal and he went he went onto the touchline and did a little did a little sniff. He got a lot of a lot of grief from the tabloid papers, but I remember as a kid thinking, can respect that top heel work kind of stuff. Uh, you yeah. know, wrestling heels could learn from. Um, uh, I didn't like the Graham Lasso stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah. When he played sort of gay slurs towards Graham Lasso, that wasn't that wasn't great. Different when he turned type. face with the Dockers T-shirt, he did well well with that. That's, That's all right. Yeah, yeah. A man of many sides, grey area. You know, it's not all black and white. <laughs> Poor Robbie Fowler. Did you? Uh, <laughs> speaking of TV, did you see uh, South Park this week with uh, with Macho Man Randy Savage on it? That I pissed myself. It felt very. Uh... Are you a fan no. of South Park, Joe? I can't tell if you're like if that'd be something to be right up your street, or you just hate it. Um, I watched it 
years ago when it was on Channel 4. My son's just watched an episode of this. Yeah, but there's like 20 seasons and occasionally <laughs> I've watched episodes where people have told me to watch them and I've enjoyed them, but I've never really followed it because I've never really had access to it. Mm. I've always had to download the episode. Oh, download, yeah. The episodes that I've ended up watching. <laughs> um, so I've never followed it properly. Uh, there used to be that website, SouthParkStudios.com, which was like a, a, like a free HD pirate site that even like... I'm pretty sure, like, the two guys running it endorsed, and we're like, yeah, go watch our episodes there. We don't give a fuck. That's what I love about them, because they do the episodes, like, week of, and it's just, they know they're never going to get sacked, so they'll just say what they want. Yeah. uh, This week was about um, transgender athletes in sport, and uh, macho man Randy Savage entered the uh, the Olympics as a woman. Yeah, that's uh, (laughs) that's that crap for you. (laughs) I'll give that a watch. Yeah, uh, I'll need to see this. It took me a while to explain to my girlfriend who Macho Man Randy Savage was. I was quite shocked uh, she didn't know. But he's been dead a while, to be fair. He drove into that tree. Say he's the most ago. overrated wrestler of all time. Oh, no, Joe, come on. Yeah, we had this we've before? had this out before. We have, have a couple yeah. of years ago, I'm sure. Oh. But yeah. Not a fan of the early... Late 80s, early we 90s, right? Say it again, Benno. Not a fan of the, the late 80s, early 90s run. I get it for when he was in WCW later on and stuff. Oh, I love the DDP feud in WCW. Yeah. That's oh, a great okay. feud. Yeah, but it was after, uh, it was after that when he, he barely couldn't walk and he had like Miss Madness and jo- Gorgeous George and stuff. I always think yeah. that kind of colours people's memories of. My thought he was great in his day. It's the in-ring. I find oh. the, in, the in-ring too light. Oh, no. I don't like his offence. I find it annoying. I hate the double axe handle. I oh, hate sure. the pace he delivers it at. Uh, there are just so much I just find annoying about oh. him. Uh, yeah, just not for me. Do you, do you rate the Warrior matches? The, uh, the st- I, I mean, I'm not as big on I the Steamboat matches most, but mm-hmm. I, the I love the Warrior matches. Seven one. Yeah, I love that. That's one of my favourite matches ever. Warriors in two with them. The Hogan match as well. They're two of my favourite matches of all time. I, I get them. I get that they work for the crowd. I get that people into them. I get why people are emotionally invested in them. I think they're well laid out matches and all the rest of it. Um, but I can't say I, I really get anything out of them personally. Um, I'd much I'd take the Savage Flair match at WrestleMania eight if I was taking one of his WrestleMania matches. Um, mm. Not the Savage Crush match at WrestleMania ten. That's <laughs> terrible. Um, How about his eighties stuff? Remember territory it, but stuff, it just no? sounds instantly fucking dreadful. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah, it's bad. But yeah, just. In, doesn't do anything for me as a wrestler at all. It's oh, a shame. Not even like the 80s stuff, you know, the... Uh... Too light. I don't know. I can... What, I never get... I, the Savage Steamboat match in WrestleMania 3, I think, is the most overrated match ever. Like, I remember before I watched it in, car oh, probably like 2005, something like that, reading all this stuff about what a great match it was, an all-time classic, greatest match in WWE history. I watched it and thought there were much better matches going on the NWA at this point in time, like multiple matches, Flair, Barry Windham, Flair Sting, I think the first one was the same year, was that 87? Mm. I think there was much better stuff going on the rival company at the same time and had been better stuff in Japan, mm. in some of the territories that I've seen from that era. I get what it did for sort of WWF in terms of style and stuff, but... I don't really get what people still see is so great about it now, personally. Yeah. Not for me. I don't love that match. I mean, I love Savage from that era. I love watching like his old like Memphis promos <clears> and stuff like that. JP, what's the counterpoint? Have you got anything before people shout down our see, the, We're going to get it on Twitter, is, JP, not Joe. And it, <laughs> 
well, that's true. Oh, yeah, we're the ones who get... Well, my attitude is, in some ways, it all feels... That kind of early, late 80s, early 90s one is a kind of nostalgic feel of watching Silver Vision videos. It's kind of linked in with a certain era. And that's where, obviously, all of these things get clouded because you remember them so well and how many of them really stand up. Hmm. Um so I'd need to go back and watch some of these. The DDP feud, I remember when I, I like that was a great feud. It was the thing that was the making of DDP, and it it, it worked. Um, I love that. And then after that, for me, there just appears to be the kind of quite meteoric like drop off at that point from from that stage. But at that point, he was such a sort of big presence because mm. he felt like. And I can even remember oh, that yeah, time. He was that, that him being that number two face to Hogan and the only one even kind of comparable. I get the appeal, mm. but if I'm honest, I'm talking in ring. Yeah, yeah, that's I, the I thing. I just don't get the. I don't get that he's this all time great worker. And I, I, I just can't. I look at other guys. I need to go back and watch him to be brutally honest. So you think I'm going on? Know. I'm going on nostalgic memories at that point of him being good. Yeah. And that's and that's the problem. Their memories. Yeah, oh. I just think there was so much better stuff going on in the NWA. So much better mm. going on WCW in the early days. Look at I don't know. Let's say Stan Hansen was kicking ass over yeah. in Japan while Savage was doing light double axe handles. <laughs> you hate those w- double axe handles. WWF superstars. Yeah. Like, <laughs> give me a proper lariat over that light shitty double axe handle. Anyway. Even uh, that four co- was it that uh, four four corners match was it? Um, Ball rope match, Texas ball rope match against Lex Luger, one of those early 90s, Stan Hansen. The Hansen one, yeah. yeah. I thought you meant Savage then, I was going to say, I don't remember that. Um, oh, no, like, when was, and then Hansen was kind of gone from WCW, what, about 1990? Was it 91? They did the Vader, 91, they did the Vader rematch, didn't yeah. they, in WCW as well. Um, but yeah, I, Savage just isn't for me at all. I want prop I want kick ass offense. I want to see shit that looks like it's connected a bit. I know you could say he's working a safe style and they were on tour mm. doing loads of dates and the rest of it. I get it. Fair play to him. It was economical and it worked. But through like modern eyes, to me it doesn't hold up at all. Mm. I'd have to go back and watch. I'm still a fan. Uh the, the yeah. flair, the Hogan, the uh, the warrior, the uh, DDP matches still for me but no I, I do get your point Joe um, but yeah send your hate mail to Joe not to me and JP uh, if you're a big Savage fan we'll do a Savage watch along at some point that can add to the uh, to the point what were you going to say I wasn't going to say I, I very much doubt people would be if anything else I just hope it means that people go back and maybe watch some of them because now oh. I'm intrigued to see that Wrestlemania 3 match <laughs> again just with a different perspective yeah because I mean Although there's that long track or track record, you always think of when WWE was like the greatest matches in in WWF history, and the one we were talking about the other day, the sixty man uh, sixty minute Iron Man match, which was always shit, and they try and tell you even to this day how great it was. was Legendary technical wrestler match, JP. Yeah, Uh, anyone who's anyone born after it believes that. Anyone who lived through it knows it's bollocks. Uh, (laughs) That's kind of the rule, isn't it? But yeah, hopefully people go back watch Savage matches. But if you're gonna go back and watch anything, watch South Park from this week. It was pretty great. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Um, Oh, another thing. Someone asked me, Joe, have you seen? uh, the Irishman. Uh, I think people are waiting for your uh, your takes on that. I have. How was it? I want to say. Oh. I don't. What do you think before you go? What do you think of like this whole like? There's a one month window before it goes on Netflix. I've been screaming from the rooftops for years that like 
release dates do need to move up like the six month yeah. DVD windows a thing of the past and literally in Liverpool there's one cinema showing it. I think it's the Everyman and all the big chains showcase Odeon no one's showing it I can't get my big chair and showcase for it I think it's a uh, I mean I, it'll be on Netflix next week so fair enough but it does feel like a film that I'd rather go to the cinema for yeah that's, that's why I went um <laughs> So they had it at the Curzon in Oxford, which is my favourite cinema. It's an amazing cinema. Mm. Uh, and I renewed my membership. £40, five free films, £8 a film. Not nice. bad. Uh, I'll still go to The View to see films that the Curzon doesn't get. because Well, the films that the Curzon, The View, because it'll be a fiver. So, you know, yeah. I'll work it out nicely. Um, <laughs> good deal. Uh, ah, the In terms of the cinemas, boycotting it. From their own business perspective, I get it because it's almost like a self-preservation thing. Mm. So I get that they see Netflix as competition. I understand it. I know there's the whole 12-week window that currently exists. It's almost like a gentleman's agreement in many ways. Um, But I think until we get more films being signed up by, say, Amazon and Netflix, and this kind of one-month grace period becomes more common, Mm. that will continue to happen. Um, They did it with Roma last year as well, didn't they? There are a few other big releases that are coming out this year where the same is going to occur. Oscar contention, that's the reason why it has to have a yeah. theatrical release. Yeah. So and, and I'll be honest, I think that Pesci, De Niro and Pacino should all be up for acting Oscars. I think Stephen Graham could, should be in with a shout as well. He's still scenes from De Niro and Pacino at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scorsese should be up for director. Thelma Schoonemaker should be up for editor. The editing is some of our best in probably since Goodfellas, if you ask me. Mm. Um, I won't go into... Being that sharp, she must be in her 80s. She's, I looked at... She's 79. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. She's getting on. Yeah, still brilliant though, clearly. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I oh, know, well, she's 76. I think she was... Oh, I can't remember. One of the yeah. two. Um, yeah, it was amazing. I absolutely loved it. It's a slow burn sort of... Well, yeah, it's three and a half hours long. So you know, you know what you're getting going into it. But... I didn't feel that it was three and a half hours long and it went along at a really nice pace, but it also wasn't what I was expecting because I went into it expecting sort of a sequel, as opposed to Goodfellas and Casino in terms of the spirit of the film, the pace of the film, the feel of the film, nothing like it at all. Completely different, uh, much more patient, hasn't got the same energy, but this is all very positive because it take, it's a sort of understanding of the actors' ages, how they can work, the process. It's just an absolutely great film that I would recommend anyone who's a fan of Scorsese or their gangster films or even, I don't know, the old MCU films. Go and watch for a bit of a change. Because, <laughs> you know, if you're watching lots of MCU and that's what you're going to the cinema to see, you're just watching WWE. Like, try a bit of <laughs> AEW or a bit of New Japan or something stylistically different. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. I absolutely loved it. I recommend going okay. to see it, Benno. Yeah. JP was meant to come with me, but he fucked his back up, so he couldn't. Base, yeah. Oh, what'd you do, JP? Um, apparently, I coughed walking into work, <laughs> and I was in absolute hell for two days. Today's the first day I've been feeling all right. That's what happens Joe had to drive me back on the, on Friday to mm. get me back, and I was just sort of doubled over. It was like a parody of myself. Um, <laughs> but I was meant to go, and I and I didn't. I watched a very different film <laughs> to you. I watched My Dad is a Heel Wrestler. Oh my god, did Hiroshi you? Tanahashi. I did. <laughs> I watched it. It's a kid's film. It's a family film. It's all right. 
This is actually get... quite nicely understated at points. Tanner is just emoting the whole <laughs> time, but not in no, he's not not over the top at all. It's just his charisma shining through, and you're like, oh, he's really good. And then the the kids a bit annoying. Mm. I generally find child actors piss me off at the best of times. <laughs> um, Speaking like yeah. a true dad. Yeah, exactly. I've seen enough of those films to recognise shite when I'm watching it. <laughs> like, it's terrible stuff. But, um, like, he was all right. There's a kind of, uh, don't know if you want me to go through the plot. It's his, his son discovers that he wants to know what his dad does. His dad never tells him. Um, it starts off with him as basically Tanner under this name. I think it's Takashi Yamura, who won the Z1 Climax before and then zero one climax it, it, they call it the z1 mm. what, yeah that, that's what they end up because no is the end lion pro wrestling or is the z for tom zenk the z-man <laughs> i like things in tribute of the z-man <laughs> legends last year z-man on the pro um that's what you'd hear on that, like that's a do we should legend we can all agree about oh <laughs> uh, yeah so anyway this kid like 10 years later He's he's not this big star that he was. He's wrestling as a heel. His son basically finds out that he's um, he's a heel character and becomes kind of like doesn't like the fact that he's wrestling that, that he's a bad guy because he thinks his dad's really good. And then various machinations happen and he enters into the Z one tournament through a couple of things. And one of the things is like in terms from a Tanahashi perspective is. Taguchi's in it. He's quite good as like his tag team partner, mm. who's annoyed at him because he's basically saying you're turn like you're you're turning face. So it's kind of kayfabe, but I don't, I don't want to ruin the entire film. But by the end, the kid understands that the, his dad, when they jeer him, really they're cheering him because he's doing his job and he kind of gets it. And there's a good like sequence of the the Z1 final where basically it's Tanahashi Okada in teleform and I thought this might be the greatest professional wrestling match ever put on film for any serious <laughs> length of time in a in a feature length film I don't know JP and, I've and, seen No Holds Barred like come on mate it's much better than No Holds Barred what ready to rumble? rumble we were linked to last week oh yeah on BBC I haven't seen that all wrestlelicious I keep on meaning oh, to see I that. started Rumble and saw Tom Chandler from the bill doing <laughs> what looked like a sort of Hunter Hearst Helmsley gimmick. And yeah, like, yeah, I remember that. That's the only thing I remember, that gimmick and, like, yeah, the, the couple that ran the company, I think. I remember it being on, on like, Saturdays. On, was it BBC or ITV, one of the two? BBC. That, is that on Britbox? I'm going to look, actually. Probably not. It was on Daily Motion, mate. Oh, I yeah, found, we got the link, I found it? it after the episode last week. Oh, well, I'll have to... Uh, Leslie Joseph's in there, isn't she? Sorry, Your Glenn... Uncle probably then. He would have done. My uncle Keith Benno. He oh, really? He's always had the hots for for um, what's her name? <laughs> Leslie Joseph, from Birds of a Feather. He's a disgrace of a human being, and I'll leave it at that in I many other ways. JP, I don't know where you get it from. Oh no, nah, not this stuff, mate. I'll I'll, t- I'll tell you off air the kind of stuff he's been sending me. Put it this way: politically, we're not on the same he perspective. He just wants his country back. <laughs> he's the stuff he shares goes beyond that now as well. Oh, he's no. trying to tell me about multiculturalism. He's from North Allerton. Is he I'm from London? Is he your mum's side? Like, I assume not the Irish side. Oh yeah, yeah, mum's side. Uh. Yeah. Oh, honestly, yeah. Anyway, enough about my uncle Keith. 
I'm big gobsmacked if he's listening to this. <laughs> Although, gonna... From a wrestling perspective, he quite liked World of Sport when I was a kid, and I did put a figure four leg lock on him when I was a kid. Because I was a kid, it didn't hurt him. Whereas if you did put it on someone else... <laughs> oh, it is. Feel, that was always, always a shoot hurt. move. Back, backyard, that always worked. It was just when you tried Michael to... Michael t- no-sold it. <laughs> he did, he no did sold he it. manage to reverse the pressure? <laughs> did he turn over, yeah. That doesn't work either, JP. I found that after the kid. No, it doesn't work. It's not a shoot. Yeah, it's it, 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 it. That's the thing. It like fucking hurt like buggery though, didn't it? When you did it as a kid, sorry. <laughs> it really was like an absolute like it would kill. I can remember on the legs. <laughs> uh, a good review of uh, the, the Tanahashi film, JP. Thanks. Yeah, I don't know where we went from Tanahashi to my uncle. I think last thing on the Irishman. <laughs> go in get, and go with a myth. If you go in with any sense of wanting to hear truth, meh. Go in and let the myth just, yeah, dictate and you'll be fine. There you go. It's a lesson for wrestling in general. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, think we, I think based on, on everything we talked about in this first half hour, I think we're, we're literally going to have to do like a full-on wrestling movies and TV shows episode, you know. I think next time there's a, a week where there's nothing going on, I think we could probably get hours of uh, stuff like that. I want to watch the Tanahashi film just to see that glorious hair again. I do want to watch yeah. Rumble back through because I don't remember much about that from, from as a kid. I remember it being on and being told I should like it and not really being into it as a kid because, again, like in a lot of those things, like the Tanahashi thing, they treat wrestling as a shoot, which uh, which I'm not a big fan of. Or at least I think they do. I can't quite remember. But I feel like we could definitely get at least one episode out of all that. Oh, God, yeah. I've got... Well, I know it's on the on the unrelated... Well, there's that Marine 6 I was curious No. About. No. <laughs> no, I've seen the first Marine film. That's all I need to see. Okay. I didn't see The Miz shooting shit up. Yeah, that's true. It's The Miz for an hour and a half of your life. I haven't never watched an episode of Miz and Misses, and I love Total Divas. Mm. I'm not watching that shite. <laughs> okay. Bad suggestion. Well, that episode Any does. suggestions on that front, then? What about... Yeah. Um, oh, what's that? Hell Comes to Frogtown starring Roddy Piper. I've oh, seen that. Seen oh, yeah, I know what that is. That is shite. They Live. Yeah, there you go. They Live is possibly as, yeah. It's awesome. It's Carpenters. Mr. Nanny, Suburban Commando. Oh, great films. Big Thunder in Paradise. Christmas mm. with Muscles or Santa with Muscles. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Christmas with Muscles. <laughs> that Three Ninjas film with Hogan in as well. There's, there's a buttload oh, of them. So you could just yeah, do Hogan. You could do like uh, what the, what's on on post the Rocky Maivia picture show that Nate Milton does with just rock films. I think you could just do Hogan films. I think you could. There's there's money in that. JP started oh, painful though after a while, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, in would. fact, this has been a slow week in terms of actual shows going on. Oh so. yeah. Oh, we're thirty three minutes in. Film as well, isn't there? Do you remember that one? Yeah, it's a horror film, oh. isn't it? Santa Slay. Watched that last year. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. Really bad. Not even like enjoyable. Ironically, bad film. Don't do it. Don't make my mistake, everyone. Is it that bad? Oh, it's awful. It's just, yeah, I, I'm a big connoisseur of the Christmas horror, as, as people probably find out over the next month as I start watching them again this Christmas season. Yeah, that's one of the worst ones, unfortunately. Bill's Bill's charisma didn't come through. He was uh, not the role for him, I'm afraid, as much as it sounds like it'd work. I'll take, uh, I'll take Santa with muscles any day over that. Wasn't it in Universal? Was it Universal Soldier Two? Yeah, we were talking yeah. about the. I believe we didn't bring this up. We were talking about the Universal Soldier films. Underrated one, that one. I like that one. Quite Joe a few was big trying stars to sell in me on the, the the remake of it, Rich. Mm, no, that's right. the, sorry, the sequels. The, yeah. Honestly, good. That first sequel that was made in like 2010 or something. Mm. Really good. 
I'm up for watching it, basically. It's a Van Damme film. You've, you've added Lundgren. a lot to your watch list tonight, haven't you? I really yeah. have. <laughs> Too yeah. much. I'm not going to get around to watching any of this. Save it all for the Let movie episode. fucking wrestling. <laughs> Save it all for the movie episode, JP. We'll do that. We'll do an old wrestling game episode. I went to like some, some bar this weekend, like one of those retro gaming bars. They had WrestleFest oh, set yeah. up. They had WF Raw on the SNES set up. Uh, much best. I played Super WrestleMania as well. The the Raw game. I don't know if you remember that from the mid nineties with Diesel and Brett and that. A lot better. Flows a lot better. Uh, we could do a, a wrestling game episode as well. I reckon get a plenty of life out of that. It can't be any. It certainly couldn't be any worse than two K twenty. Oh my god! And yeah. the shit is that still a shit show at the moment? Have it they is, managed yeah. to fix the glitches? No, I think I think I think that's still a work in progress. Um, yeah, the quicker uh, AEW come out and uh, allegedly Kenny, you know, for all his faults, I'll stop. I'll, you know what? I will if if they manage to put a deal together to bring back the old No Mercy engine like Kenny has promised, mm. I, I'll go six months without slagging off Kenny Omega. I'll let Joe do it. But I will genuinely leave Kenny Omega for a while if he manages to get leave him alone for a while if he manages to get that deal done. Because that's the dream. None of this 2K nonsense. You'd want him to do what some of like the, what WCW versus the world did back in the day and just basically have an entirely hooky lineup just <laughs> by none of the names. AKA so man and stuff like Kenda that. Kabashi yeah. versus Sabu for shits and giggles. Takamishi Noku and Funaki in one slot. Yeah, you need to uh, need to do that. Bring that back. Get all kinds of get all his mates on there so we can uh, beat up all his old uh, New Japan mates who allegedly stopped him from getting into the country. You could uh, you could do all kinds mm-hmm. with that. We had a bit of a game of uh, No Mercy. Yeah, we never mentioned that, did we? Did you? We, did, we went to this. We went to a gaming convention with with work. So we went to EGX and we had a go at No Mercy. Oh, and it's set up on an old N sixty four. Yep. Are you I any was good at Chris it? Benoit. <laughs> <laughs> of course you were, Joe. <laughs> and I was Viscera. <laughs> of course you were, JP. I go. What's the it Irish thing to Viscera? It was the match that people have been waiting for. <laughs> bit of interference with a godfather. Oh, Never okay. stopped with a bloody interference. Ah, that's for annoying. That. At one point as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's... And then I tapped you out with a crossface. You need. To... <laughs> you did. You need to go into options and turn interference off in that game. It can get quite annoying. Uh, but yeah, was it, did, did the controls come back to you naturally? I've got to say, pretty no, good at no, that game. No, not at all. Oh, it's a shame. We could arrange a tournament. I don't know. That's the classic. Ah, all these bloody FPSs and the rest of it on, on the PS4 ruins <laughs> in terms of using other sorts of game controllers. Oh. I struggle with playing like a game of, of um, well, Pez with hmm. my son. Like, I'm absolutely shite in it. It's just a waste of time to see him kicking my ass, And then it's like, should we even bother playing this? Because you can be whoever you oh, want. You know, you know what they had in that retro uh, arcade they went to? They had Sensible Soccer. We were a fan of that back in the day. Bro, uh-huh. bro I've had so many. You know the one where it's just literally dots and the balls? Like, But, but it was like yeah. infinitely customizable. Like I remember spending weeks and weeks like making, because it was all fake teams, with like slightly off names, you know, instead of Co- Tony Cotty with a C, it'd be with a K. Instead of Duncan Ferguson, it'd be like Duncan Johnson. It'd be like just lots of lots of stuff. But I'd go, I'd literally spend weeks Did he get going sent through off and a fixing lot? everyone. Duncan Johnson. I wonder if I can't remember if you could change that in a sentence. Whether you could, I mean, I, I he probably did when oh, I was playing. Drunken Duncan. Yeah, get himself sent to prison again. Yeah, I remember. Remember he Free Dunk. two burglars, didn't they? He did. He did. Broke into his house, beat them up. He wants to protect those pigeons. You know, got to be careful. Um, oh, he's an absolute animal when he was on the drink, wasn't he? Back in the day, bad man. Bad man. I could Just, tell you stories about that, but I'll have to tell you off air. Oh, right. All oh, right. Okay. <laughs> uh, work-related when stuff. When you say they're a bad man, I think the last time I heard you say it was about Marty Gennetti. And I thought, <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. No one's going to go full Marty Gennetti. 
Uh, <laughs> but, uh, well, why bring him over? You're asking for trouble. So, so, <laughs> I've just actually remembered, JP, we're doing a wrestling podcast here. We're 40 we are, aren't we? <laughs> Uh, we should probably talk some wrestling unless you want to carry on down that road I'm willing to talk it Martin Genetti well this is the funny thing we were all saying this before and we were talking about stuff for the show there isn't actually necessarily a whole lot that's that's necessarily going up Mm. going on we covered a lot last week hot takes in the first few days of the uh World Tag League in New <laughs> Japan. I think you're going to be sorely let down. WH Park's been, been stumbling through it and putting a couple of uh, match recommendations on Twitter, but he's the only man I've seen doing it. Like I'm, even if he's mm. recommending matches and I trust WH Park, I'm not doing it. I'm watching. I'm not watching any of this thing. It's hard to because I'm just not invested in the slightest no. in this tournament. No. I mean, I did watch one of the matches, actually, and it was on WH Park's recommendation from the All Japan Tag League, which is a bit more interesting and only has 10 teams in it. What are you laughing at, Joe? You. Oh, okay. Yeah. Carry on. <laughs> oh, okay. So I haven't watched any of the New Japan. He just started laughing. I was wondering what was going on. So I haven't watched any of the New Japan Tag League, but I did watch the main event from the first day of the All Japan one. And it had next stream, so it was like Yuma Aogi and um, Kento, our old friend Kento Miyahara, um, up against um, Violent Giant, Violent Giants, very much taking on the beefy fuckers role from uh, from the last show um, <laughs> of um, Shuji Ishikawa and Suwama, and it's it's really good stuff. It's kind of like a, a, not like a, a kind of there's bits where they go into the crowd, but it's just a, a very like Miyahara is just on the top of his game, and it's stuff where uh, Suwama and Shikara as those sort of grizzled old bastards doing a really good job. Yume Aogi at point is is kind of there as like that sort of younger guy who's gonna take who's gonna take that kick and get go out of your way to watch it. I know WH absolutely loves it. I think I went about like four and a quarter on it because mm. I thought it was just like at that kind of much better end of good tag match. And Miyahara is just, what he does doesn't look spectacular, but he does it so well. And the speed he moves in and the charisma as well. And it's not like sold out. I'm guessing it's about eight, 900 there. If there's a thousand at Kurokan, I'd be surprised, but it's still, yeah. Go out of your way to watch that. New Japan Tag League, I'll watch the final. Mm. Like Joe said last last week, it's a time to kind of take a break before basically we embark on three full days of New Japan in in January. Is that the equivalent of watching like the Emirates Cup final during pre-season or something? It, I'm more thinking this one feels more like when you get Everton, Man City, and Singapore, mm. and you're like, it's one-one. There's a load of youth team players. I could give less of a shit. There's a penalty shootout. And the players don't look interested, but the fans are weirdly going berserk. Mm. Yeah, that's how I feel about like this this tag league. I, at the moment, it's like I can't be asked. And the the, the the lineups, I know we sort of said about this last week, so uninspiring. Mm. I'm quite glad to take that little bit of a break. Cool. Cool. I'll just delete the notes yeah, out at the it. end of the podcast for stuff JP's watched. We've just talked it. No, thanks, JP. Yeah, we have. Sorry, mate. <laughs> it's all right. I appreciate it. Good recommendations for the people there. Did you uh, do any grapple ratings while you were at it? Um, only only the one for the All Japan one. So for the Fallen Giants, next stream went four and a quarter on... Uh, let me just check. Definitely went four... Yeah, four and oh. a quarter on that. Would you put it on your beefy fuckers list? <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Now, that's the real kind of list we need to put together. Like the like the bad motherfucker title in the UFC. Just like an alternate list where it's just big, beefy lads knocking shit out of each other. If you're into <laughs> that, what like they're going to be a fun team to watch. And I look forward to them facing During and Akiyama. The problem is, if you meant the beefy fuckers title... I can imagine one of those Brit rest promotions that is bumbling along but just does like meme shit. (laughs) Adopt it and be like, oh, the beefy fucker's title. (laughs) And uh, it would just die. You mean mean the Atlas belt, basically, Joe? Yeah, but I mean, it would just become a comedy thing in, I don't know, uh, Tuesday night graps or something, I reckon. Um, (laughs) Yeah. You know, which is fine if you're into that, but not for me. Not for me. So I'd like to see the beefy fuckers title between proper beefy fuckers being beefy. Yeah. uh, Not blokes just having a laugh on a Tuesday night up in Manchester. (laughs) (laughs) Santos would be the champion, you know. Um, Oh, fuck that. (laughs) Sold out in two minutes tonight. Yeah, they did. Yeah. But again, like... You know, I put this on Twitter the other day. Like people, Brit got, is doing right, isn't it? Yeah, it's sound. Yeah, because they sold two hundred tickets, Joe. So oh, it's okay. Get you know? it. <laughs> Hot C. Honestly, I I, I literally searched because somebody made a point about. Uh, I can't remember who it was now, but I basically stole a tweet about how where uh, Brit Res is. Uh, is dead didn't really mean bit res is dead it just kind of meant like you know you know the top level you know these great matches the people like the way i put it was you know worldwide people would be you know not just the three miles around the venue like worldwide people sought out and we had like the top wrestlers and feuds and matches in the in the world and like the amount of people who would like counter that because that's basically what we always meant by saying brit res is dead but people literally when you search the words brit res is dead there's at least 20 tweets from people going how can brit res be dead when schadenfreude sold two lots of tickets of 200 over two nights i mean okay yeah brooks and his mates are, uh, are a big seller and it's genuinely impressive what they've done and they've you know tied into another story wiped the ipw uk stink off and they're doing better than ever with those tuesday nights as much as you know it might not be for us joe especially yourself it's impressive but it doesn't mean things are fine it just means that you know no chris brooks's mates and you know the people who like buying schadenfreude merchandise you know that 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 crew these are all kind of you know supporting this 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 tuesday night thing and you know you're all part of like this this little mini scene and that's really cool but i'm not sure it really really counters the point that you know yeah. brit res as a scene the world was watching especially considering schadenfreude that doesn't even go on vod uh is dead i don't think it's really a good counterpoint my mate's band when i was 18 would do a gig at the joiners right venue in southampton and they'd sell it out mm. they'd get out the right to pompey no more be there yeah. I'm not saying that's the same here, but it's they weren't hot. They were hot amongst a very select group of loyal people mm. in Southampton. It's not a representation of anything being hot at all. I get why it works. Yeah, it's good. Those it's a great thing. I, I get it. I get it. Yeah. It's, it's It will never be for me. Mm. I want emotion from wrestling. Mm. I want stories that I engage with. I don't want blow-up dolls and blow-up crocodiles and <laughs> blow-up sharks. It's just... it's. Oh. I, I want to invest. I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to invest in someone where I'm like, "Hey, that was a great bit with that blow up doll tonight, mate. Well done. Here's twenty pound for a t-shirt. <laughs> Thanks for the chat. I feel really good because I spoke to a wrestler. 
I, I want to never speak to that wrestler, but be completely involved in that big story in that hot venue yeah. where people are going mad and want that person to win and yeah. they see a great match. That's to me, that's wrestling. I get that wrestling; it can be many, many different yeah. things. It's got its place. But I'm past hearing that there's still a great scene in the UK. What there is is there's a scene. And I get that for people it still works and they still get something out of it. And I completely understand that. And occasionally, I'm, you know, I might pop along to, not a schadenfreude show, but I'll pop along to someone at some point, I'm sure. Hmm. And it's fine, but there's no buzz on it. Yeah. And it's the buzz that isn't on it that means that it's dead. It's not that it's dead in terms of attendance, but it's dead in terms of the buzz, in terms of the international mm. buzz, in terms of people being intrigued by what is going on over here. Mm. That's that's where we're coming from when we say it's dead. Yeah. It, it, it's, your yeah. Mate, it's your mates from America, your mates from Canada, your, your mates who don't, again, live down the road from the venue, who are yeah. watching you know, these shows in their thousands and are talking about these wrestlers and stuff. On a worldwide, you know, level, you know, I I love like uh, you know, the Young Guns, for example, who we saw at Future Shock. Great young wrestlers. They're not even in the conversation when it comes to best wrestlers in the world. I'm not having it. Like the great, mm. but the great at that level. There's Brit Res is good to a those kind of level shows are good to a certain point. The Schadenfreude shows to that audience, they're doing it perfectly, and long may it continue for them. You know, I've been to I went to the one Tuesday night grab show when it was IPW UK. Uh, I don't think we ever even talked about it much on, on this show. And I had a fun time. I know Gareth goes to all those shows. I know the Ogdens go to those shows and uh, and lead the atmosphere a lot of the time, as they as they normally will. But that's again, like you say, that's a that's a certain niche, isn't it? Um, that's like that's filling a, a certain role. Sorry, JP. I was going to say one of the the kind of more worrying aspects about where British wrestling is is that the way that I look at the kind of um, Bichard and Grap stuff is that it's fun. It's kind of like DDT-esque, which is obviously yeah. part of the inspiration behind it. However... I would never watch what, DDT ever. But <laughs> what's, what's really scary is that that kind of promotion should be existing where there's a plethora of other promotions doing lots and lots of other things around it, and it fulfills its niche. By which, Where it's the promotion that's getting kind of a bit of a buzz at a quiet time for all promotions, I find that more worrying and more of an indictment especially when we're talking about next this weekend coming, we've got a Rev Pro show and we've got a Progress show. And this is kind of stuff that, you know, these are the things that are getting that are getting the, the sellouts and that bit of kind of buzz. And I obviously recognise that, that what they do is a niche and what they're doing is the right way of doing it, like Definitely. you guys have said as well. I think it's just more scary that that's the thing that's getting, like buzz at the moment mm. whereas all of the other promotions when you talk about like kind of a landscape that just feels i don't know maybe maybe it's just us and we're just completely cynical about it but the buzz is definitely not there and we hear it as well about like kind of event shows where people have said yeah this might be the last one of these that i do yeah i get it because mm. i think one of the things is the last few years have been great mm. and a lot of people have you know, ended up sort of revolving like their weekends, like their social life mm -hmm. around it. It's become really easy to do that. And I think that's great. Yeah. It's happened. I mean, there's a bit of scene that's been able to facilitate Probably heavily cost-effective in austerity Britain as well, I might add. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. 12 quid for a show. Yes, yeah. please. Absolutely fine. Yeah, it's been great. 
Um, and we've had a great few years going to shows and all the rest of it. But I think with a lot of people, it's like a bit of an identity thing as well. Mm. And for me, it has never been an identity thing. Um, and I think that sort of realizing that that boom's over and admitting that it's over, mm. it's kind of like saying that there's not, like, I don't know, your social life maybe isn't as, I don't know if this is the right thing no, to say. No, I get what you're saying, yeah. Isn't as much fun or isn't as mm. kind of high profile or as mm. engaging as it necessarily once was. Mm. So I think it's almost like the hangover from the fact that the buzz is kind of off it. And I think what is good is the scene is definitely healthier. Oh, gotcha. It's not hot, but it's healthier. And I think the shows that will carry on will draw more people generally than they would have eight or nine years ago. Yeah. yeah. Which That's is a- good. Which is good. And there's more of a plethora of talent as a result as well. And hopefully lessons can be learned from this buzz period. And we don't react in the same way we did after World of Sport, went away from television, where it took, what, 30 years, close to it, 25 years, Mm. for the scene to get good or notable in any way again on a kind of global scale yeah yeah that's it you want like those mid-level promotions that like you know the ogdens are doing four podcasts a weekend still about you know your titles your future shocks who i believe had a killer show this weekend you know mm-hmm. as far as a again a live show for the level it is um you know you that that mid-level of the scene seems healthy enough obviously there's your like some breeds who've had to take a time out riptide have taken times out in the past as well but you know the people i think the people who will push back on on the whole brit res is dead so for the people who are attending these live shows but again they are live shows it, it's a bit of a difference from you know rev pro and progress getting talked about you know for a silly example in the observer or you know getting reviewed by say the voices of wrestling podcast just being you know, of note on the worldwide stage, which they aren't anymore. Um, mm. It's like Jamesy put it perfectly. Like Jamesy put a, a poll out. He was like, and he was, I, I saw he was asking genuinely. He was like, what are people, people's, do people actually have any UK match of the year candidates for this year? And I was reading the replies and like, some of it's just like, some of them, you know, I was like, okay, someone said Tyler Bate and Walter. I didn't love that match from NXT UK, but I can, I can see it mm. in the conversation. But it's then a people, WWE match, though. Yeah, exactly. And then people are kind mm. of people are forcing in like these three point five star progress matches with Ilya Dragunov in, and you know, random Rev Pro matches. Even you know, I love Pack and Michael Oku. I love Pack and Kara Noir. But like, I'm never gonna. Uh, that is not on the same radar for me as the high level New Japan stuff from this year. Even though New Japan had, uh, didn't have the best year themselves, or even you know closer to home, and you can count it as part of Brit Res if you want the the high level OTT stuff this year. There is a uh, those. I think it's four matches in the in the Devil and Star stuff this year. They're gonna. You know, a couple of them are gonna be in my top ten for the end of the year. We're probably gonna do a podcast about that at some point. Mm. The, the, even the top of the top level Brit Res stuff isn't even in the same conversation. It's not in the conversation with the elite level stuff that's been happening worldwide this year. Even if that that elite level stuff has maybe took a bit of a dip this year, I just again I think yeah, I think it comes from a good place, and I think people are just so invested in the UK scene that they're gonna tell you that a you know a random everything's all right. Brit Res matches, you know, a match that took place in Future Shot last weekend should be on, you know, on the list with those types of matches. But 
being realistic, it doesn't. And I think James, you made a good point. I don't think there is a comp. I don't think we're even going to mention Brit Res if we, you know, we come to put our, our top 10 matches of the year together this year, unless you guys have got some wildcard match that I'm not thinking of. I'm no. just looking at my match of the year list, actually. And do you know want to know, outside of OTT and that Walter-Tyler Bate match, which I class a WWE match, hmm. do you want to know where the highest-ranking highest, highest ranking match ranks in my list? Go on. Mm. Number 39. <laughs> Fucking hell. Uh, Zach and Minoru Suzuki against Aussie Open at Global Wars. Yeah. The ta- the- which was a great tag. Yeah, yeah. I've rewatched it since, and it is really good. Was that this but year? 39. Yeah, yeah, it was May this year. Yeah, God, the yeah. title change. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you, you were alive at that one, weren't you? Was that the one in, like, yeah. the weird um, social club kind of venue? Or was that your No, call? no, it was, at, it was at your call. Oh, right, okay. So I've got no recollection of it. <laughs> I'm curious what you're thinking of, though, where your mind wandered off to in a Freudian sense. I'm thinking of actually, they were talking around the Andes podcast last week where they had to do a show in, like, a random, like, leisure centre, one of their big shows. It was supposed to be your call. That was Ishii against uh, Suzuki. Oh, that's that. That was, that's that was that. October last year in Brixton. In Brixton, oh, okay, yeah. I'm getting them two mixed up. Right, okay, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, that's not even entering my mind. There's no Rev Pro match this year that's entering my brain for that, for, for for match of the year. You know, maybe if Osprey and Pac had a finish, it might be in there. But I think ah. if I, yeah, I put yeah. my, I put my top, like my, my matches from Grapple down and there's just literally nothing. There's nothing that's even to, coming close. Do you want to know the next one after that? Go on. So down at number 61. <laughs> Uh, if I exclude WXW, where I've got a match in between, so Germany, hmm. 61, Pack versus Michael Oku. Oof, 61. Which is great. Yeah. But down is 61. Yeah. Says it all, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Anything it really come, does. Anything, anything at all come to mind for you, JP? Sorry? Anything come to mind for you at all? Like a, a match? No, other you... than the ones that you've mentioned. And there were ones like, I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I, I was at the Riptide match with Pac and Cara Noir, and I absolutely loved it and I loved love it too. what That's it did. 71 on my list. Is that 70? I mean, yeah, it was, uh, but you wouldn't have it in, in, your, in the top 10 of the year. You're kind of going, what, the high-end matches at that stage, and I can't. You, you, you'd have to have And not that's watched... somewhat of an indictment, isn't yeah. it? I mean, the... The, like I, I would agree what Joe said and, to, and, and what yourself said about outside of the sort of OTT stuff, really for this year. I'm trying to think from anything from WXW who would be getting into this list off the top of my head. Mm. I've got well Wal- Walter Lucky Kid. Yeah, Walter there. Phoenix as well, Walt, but that's Walt Germany Phoenix. again. Yeah, Walter Phoenix is on my list as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there, there are those, but we're talking Brit Rest. Um, that's six man they did uh, on the final night with um, the Lucha Brothers against uh, Schadenfreude that, yeah. that's, on, that's somewhere on my list that was a great match I think that's a really underrated match actually yeah that was yeah. fun yeah I've got even like Thatcher uh, and Bobby Guns from Tag League I know you guys haven't seen it I've got that on there I've got WXW stuff in the mix but again, it's stuff I was there live for, stuff for like the big weekenders. So there is maybe that bias as well. I'm just looking, I'm looking at the ratings on Grapple and the highest rated progress match I've done this year is Walter Ilya, which I gave 4.25, uh, which was very good, but not at the level of their top matches. And I think mm. you've got to be at least hitting four and a half to be in my match of the year consideration. And I've got a couple of Swords of Essex matches. Remember that great run, Robertson and, uh, and Osprey? Yeah, I've got progress. a few of them at that. Four further stars, down though. the list, though, further so, down. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? Though further down, Ilya and Jordan, 
Yeah, there's nothing. Absolutely nothing that I'd even consider. And, and you know, to get on to... Sorry, you were going to... No, go on. So, I was going to say, going on to the kind of meta issue of all of this, like, I wonder what event has transpired over the last few years, <laughs> this boom period. Oh, JP, come on. Possibly have gone in that maybe... Grow up, JP. stopped lots of people, but grow up, I know. <laughs> or lots of the great imports we used to have as well that we can't have along at the same time. That's a big thing, yeah. isn't it? That doesn't get talked about enough that, like... Because, you know, when we did, like, our, you know, we'd, we'd always do the Best of Brit Red show at the end of the year with Martin and uh, and sometimes Ollie. And mm-hmm. we'd, a lot of the time, it'd be big import matches, wouldn't it? You know, when, remember when Chris Hero was over and he was all oh, over our yes, ballots? Matt yeah. Riddle was all over our ballots. You haven't even got that anymore. Jeff Cobb's not even coming no. over as much and I don't even like Jeff Cobb that much. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like th- that little, that generation of that happening. That, I mean... There's David Starr, obviously, but again, his best stuff's happening in OTT as well, so there's not even that. It's just... The yeah. thing to say as well, though, is uh, we're basing this on, like, quality of matches. Like, mm. it's not... What I'll say is, yeah, match quality is a barometer. Yeah. But I'd also say, like, think about shows. Like, sometimes you get shows that got a lot of buzz. What shows outside of OTT really have got major buzz and have translated outside of this country this year as well? There's mm. kind of nothing mm. you, you get those progress chapters that would be really hot and people would be talking about or these kind of landmark big shows there's been none of that this year you mm. know progress downgraded to ali pally and john Bryan put a humble brag tweet up about <laughs> yeah. brit rest being dead even though they drew two thousand less than they yeah. did the year before mm. in a shit venue and put on a shit show yeah uh but hey you've got to you know Keep keep bragging humbly about things that aren't there to brag about. Go mm-hmm. Briley. It's almost like the Tories boasting about, you know, uh, <laughs> after 2017 when their their majority mm. was reduced and being like, well, we won the election. You're a fucking minority. And the WWE could be the DUP in that one, possibly. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's there's just been nothing no. for me that's got any buzz. Like... To go back to the match thing, my highest rated match is a card of Minoru Suzuki. Oh, yeah, yeah. West. And that's yeah. a New Japan match. Does that but, count? See, but even say like Rev Pro, right? I know the New Japan deal has got a lot of criticism. Where would Rev Pro be without that God. New Japan deal? Yeah. I think there's an argument that they might be dead without that New Japan deal at this point. Mm. Because they wouldn't be able to put on those major shows or those major draws on the card. So... At the end of the day, I think that New Japan deal is a lot more kind of good than it is bad for RevPro kind of in the long term and probably kept them open for a good while longer, if anything. Oh, yeah, imagine without that, what would have happened with NXT, yeah. It's a bleak situation when you think about it. I think Quilden probably would have sold up and yeah. probably would have taken the job of NXT UK if he didn't have the the New Japan deal. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's a... That's where he at. That's a timeline I don't want to live in. Um, yeah, oh. I, I will criticise as well, and I will. You know, you look at that list of RevPro champions down the years, and they have essentially, you know, sold their belts to New Japan. But you, you see, and when they put the belt on Sonada next year, maybe I'll criticise them again. But you see oh. why they do it, because, yeah, you know, without it, what have they got? I mean, I'm coming I'm coming down to the Jacob this weekend, and that's mainly sold on Pac versus Amazing Red. So you can still do a blockbuster match without New Japan, but there's New Japan talent all over that show. And that's a, maybe not the primary reason why I'm coming down, but it's certainly the secondary reason why I'm coming down. And whether that's, mm. that's an indictment to Rev Pro, I suppose, in some ways, in, you know, reacting to the... To NXT taking so much talent up, but also it's a reality. That's a that's a reason I'm coming. It's it's the New Japan guys. Well, these bastards have taken our wrestlers, 
but they've also taken our referees and our production guys as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they're just the most transparent, like, evil bastards going in this industry. Like, they, they mm. honestly, anyone who thought, oh my God, WWE coming to the UK, oh. NXT UK, oh, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. Seriously? Remember, like, Joe, what, remember when we were in the ballroom? What has done to our scene? Oh, the guys have got better contracts. Yeah. Fair play to them. them. Yeah, I get them. it from their point of view, yeah. but that doesn't mean we should like it. Yeah. We don't have to like what they like. I like that, yeah. you know, it's pretty good that football players earn fuckloads of money and can live lavish lifestyles. Do I like it? No. I'd rather than be Matt Letizier on his four grand a week, <laughs> which is the highest wage he was ever wait, paid at Saints. Wait till Corbin gets his way. feet on the ground. <laughs> wait till Corbin yeah, gets his way, Joe. He's going he's gonna to turn that round anyway. Who's that? Uh, Jeremy Corbyn wasn't that the plan that he wants to uh, bring down the, the cost of going to matches. Therefore, wrestler, uh, footballer wages are going to come down. He wants to socialise everything. This. When did this come out? It was the, earlier this week. It was like an, an interview, something mm. like that. Yeah, I don't think it's a it's an outright policy, but it was about bringing the cost of the uh, the football games down for fans, which I've always love agreed. To see him try. To, to be I, honest, Corbyn should know more of his Arsenal allegiance and then being the most expensive club to attend in the country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get in return for it as well. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've I've got to bring it up because it's it's so. Hopefully it'll tie into what you're about to say, JP, but it's so prevalent to what we're talking about, you know, the whole NXT UK stuff. Mm. Another horrible view I've seen, you know, peddled out there. Brit Res is fine because also today, NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool 2, that's a mouthful. Sold out in two hours. Fuck off. Oh. <laughs> Crisis averted. We might as well hang up now at this point. It's been a good ride, folks. Bye-bye. Look what they've done for our scene in our industry. Well, that's the, it. The, Everyone is happy. And lost, lost in that as well. They sold out today, but they've also announced TV tapings that are going head-to-head with 16 Carats. You know the best mates of WXW? Coincidence. They've, they've put those four years ago, mate. Done, Don't know what you're on about. They've done it again. Like, we'll literally ask them at the press conference at Tag League, how are you sure WWE aren't going to run head-to-head with their Carats again? And WXW were kind of like, well, you know, we can't, we don't really know WWE's dates, but hopefully not. They've done it again. And also, like, I... I'm not going to do it because Louch is such a great man. But, you know, I, I had a big rant about ICW <laughs> on BWA this week. And even even ICW, as much as I dislike that product, and I've always disliked that product, there's big Shug's house party weekend. WWE are running in Glasgow that weekend with a, a NXT UK taping. So they're not even nice to the mates. Uh, that's just going to be all over it. Well, they're done with ICW now. They're not got to bother, about, bother with them, really, oh, have they? they? Well, they're doing ICW. family shows now, ICW. Yeah, so they're I doing wonder family that, shows, aren't they? They're, they're, yeah, he did some team up with that. It's like, oh, God. <laughs> Do you know what? I'm going to say it. It's boring, cliche. Read a fucking wrestling <laughs> history book, right? <laughs> How did he kill the territories? Goes in there, everyone's their mates. Of course, don't want to do anything wrong at all. It'll be more exposure. Mark. If we're there as well, it'd be good for your guys when you get them in. Sign them all away. Generally, don't give two shit. Don't give two shits about about the business in there and effectively kill the territory. Mark Dallas is kind of in the Stu Hart position, isn't he? Where mm. his lads, yeah, got some, he got his lads some jobs. He was probably promised, I don't know what what he got out of a deal, but then they just kind of give up on it and go, ah, whatever. Mm. See you later. You know, it's, yeah, it, it was obvious this was going to happen. Mm. And also, 
I hope the people in Hull had a good time this weekend. You know, <laughs> European city of culture and all that. Hull <laughs> watching a subpar brand of wrestling. I felt I felt so bad for uh, Day Owen, who's a friend of the podcast, who's like he's the he's the one man who is willing to go to these tapings and put the results out because no one else. I know the Ogdens went this weekend because of course he did. It's wrestling and Hull, um, but he he was putting the results out, and as soon as he put out that it looked like they were going towards Walter versus Joe Coffey for the Blackpool yep. takeover. Like, the amount of replies he just got of people who's gone, for fuck. Like, I listened to Voices <laughs> of the Wrestling this weekend where they were, you know, they were talking, did the whole Brit Res thing linked to IPW UK mm. shutting down. And I think Lanza made the point that we've made a few times. Like, it, it, you could probably take it, couldn't you, if it was good. Like, if NXT UK was good, yeah. like, like I went to the... I'm not going to this Blackpool one, but I went to the initial Blackpool tournament, and I always remember that weekend because Progress were running that weekend, so there you go, they ran head-to-head with their mates again. And I went to the Saturday show, and being a Progress loyalist at the time, I made sure I went to Progress Birmingham on Sunday because I didn't want to sell out my favourite um, punk rock wrestling promotion, um, unlike the owners. And I went to the WWE taping on one day and, and refused to go the second day. I wouldn't even do that now because back then, I remember thinking, the same things i was worried about what it was going to do to the scene but at the same time it was wwe it'd be interesting to see how they were going to use the local guys what it was going to look like it was a massive massive news story it was genuinely interesting i couldn't be less interested now and a big part of that is that joe coffee versus walter match the headline and this sold out takeover like is there somebody backstage at wwe jp who's like is it like sean or is it trips or is it someone like that who's like you know what this joe coffee he's a proper just like randy orton proper workers worker does all the little things yeah and you know smallman and briley and glenn joseph are sat in a corner thinking we didn't even book him for our atlas division he's fucking boring as fuck they did in the final they did and then what else did they do with him not the eventually they stop using him again because you know why because he's boring as fuck like they must know that he's boring as fuck there's a reason they never used him after that in progress yet he's headlining another takeover like did that pete dunwatch even end like is that not still going on now like what the fuck like, if it was good i think we'd i think we'd all be at least slightly less negative on it wouldn't we at least if we had like this this mm. interesting product to talk about in lieu of a proper top level of what was a bright Brit Res scene two years ago. Yeah, it, there's, God, there's, it, it's so depressing that this is what we've ended up with. We've ended up with NXT UK. It's and you mentioned shit. about, about it, it's, there, there's kind of a couple of things going on here. I mean, one of the things that, and I, at some point, I think when the kind of level of criticism comes out and it's like, well, what, you're criticising all the guys for signing with them and all the rest. Cool. It's the idea of this is good for workers if you want to work there. And obviously, you know, safe in the knowledge that, you know, that dream of ending up a mania. <laughs> who was it? Sorry, JP. Who, who, who was the Irish wrestler this week who tweeted about how happy he was? He got squashed in 30 seconds, you fucking mark. Like, what? The match didn't go on. Is, 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 is this your dream to get squashed match, by yeah. Eddie Dennis? Like, fucking have better <laughs> dreams. Sorry. Yeah. But this is the Do thing. You think Tony DeVito, when he was doing squash matches in the mid-90s on Superstars, was like, man, I'm living the dream. <laughs> I'm here at WWF Superstars, losing to Bob Hollis. Smart plug. At least it's Live Superstars. At least it's Superstars, though. It's not NXT UK and Hull. I said on BW, Andy Boy Simmons had it right. He got a memorable squash against Dumar. He juiced the gusher. We all still talk about that match. 
I'm not going to be talking about some fucking Irish mark who got jobbed out on NXT UK. <laughs> I've better dreams, everyone. Bet on yourself. <laughs> fucking hell. This is, the thing is, as well, is NXT UK has been along for a couple of years. Imagine if you're in NXT UK, like, and you know, here's stories obviously with only Lorkin wanting his release this week, so yeah. more people unhappy. If if there is the, the only bit, you know, don't necessarily have to take advice from us. Don't say anything. Let that contract run down. There are big, big potential Mate, of opportunities mixed. We're the enemy. No, we are. Yeah, <laughs> we're the what? Because we don't like. We, because we we're independent wrestling fans who don't like WWE. Don't like. What was that? Look, I'm happy they got pay rises, but it's worked out shit for the fans. And sorry, I can't sit there with a shit-eating grin on going, that's all right, it's 20 quid for Look, a T-shirt. Why don't we sit around being ignorant, talking about positive things and being really nice when everything's all right? Kind of like oh, those... It's a death knell of society, that world. Fucking positivity. Kind of really like is. those Tory voters who are just going to sit around pretending that the world's fine and go and vote Tory and have a five years of fucking austerity when it comes to promises that they're mm. not going to make based around spending because they're not going to make those promises. They're saying it to win a fucking election and get idiots on board. Yeah, I've just said it. Most of the NXT UK fans, probably fucking Tory voters, the cunts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there you go. Placeholder Sorry, wrestling. Dave. It's placeholder wrestling so that they have a place in the market so they can try and dictate, uh, get people on board, get people away from competition in the market, try and actively kill promotions, because I honestly think they've tried to actively kill Red Pro. I don't think there's any doubt about oh, that, yeah. the way they've acted. And it's just disgusting at the end of the day. It's the- vile, vile behaviour. And at the top of it, so it's a psychopath, and he's trying to t- this psychopath at the top of it is trying to teach a serial egotist at the same time. So Vincent Mann, psychopath, teaching mega egotist who can't let it go, Triple H, and here they are in our market. And here's William Regal pretending that everything's all right, and this is what he's always wanted. And Kaylee Ray and Tony Stewart, a match that will be spoken about for generations. Ask us all right then. Well, we're having a wrestling version of austerity, mm. aren't we, at the moment? This is what we had. We had wrestling that kind of boom yeah. period, and then rather like the collapse of Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, NXT U- UK turned up. Basically, you know, crash happens. And then they tell us, well, basically, you've been spoiled for far too long. You should be seeing these guys in a much bigger environment. And it's basically, you know, almost slapping us around the face, sort of telling us, no, these are the really good times. You remember, like, 2019, that's the year for Brit Rest. Like, nothing about grow up. Don't put spaces between your fucking letters. Your 40-year-old man, fuck's sakes. It's a shame because I love Trent Seven. He's yeah. great. <laughs> He's but, a fucking yeah. world's oldest teenager, isn't he? Him telling people to grow up. Like, the fucking state of it. Like, we, we've got, we have gone... bored of it. We've like, got... see, if we want to see those wrestlers, you have to pay <laughs> twice as much for what yeah. it was. And yes, it is good for them, but there has to... The, the, it's the absolute non-recognition that this has not been good for we've, fans. We've, we've also, the matches aren't any good. So, like, you oh, go and yeah. see Trent Seven for double the price. Is he going to do what he does in Fight Club Pro no. in NXT UK? No. It brings it back to the point, Ben O'Race, if this was any good... Yeah. Then this might feel worthwhile. Ooh, but it really is. I see a match between Trent Seven, Eddie Dennis, and Blackpool. 
Yeah. I'd rather go up, I don't know, Blackpool Tower and see Stephen Flood and his bird up there from <laughs> the Empire State Building again. Because that was a laugh on Instagram. There you go. That's well. That's the thing. I, I don't even want... It, it's killing my interest in these NXT UK. Like, a match will get hyped. Like, yeah. Cass, Cassius Ono versus Tyler Bates was apparently really good. The, like, last week. I still don't care because it's, it's in the NXT UK presentation. And I genuinely care less and less about these guys. Like, I used to love Travis Banks. I couldn't care less about Travis Banks at this point. Who's you know, Travis Banks? Who is he? Yeah, exactly. Like, I was I'm... thinking about this. There was what? What was it? The end of 2016 was he? Our, our, I was saying certainly he was like the best wrestler. Yeah. Of the year. Oh yeah. Two yeah. years ago, me and you did that interview with him. Yeah. And it was a really, I thought it was a really good interview we did at the time. Mm. He was hot. He had a lot of buzz on him. Mm. He told us his dream match was Okada or Tanahashi. That soon went by the wayside <laughs> when he chose the NXT UK yeah. contract. Because I think if he stuck with Rev Pro, he would have got New Japan. Mm. It looked like it was heading that I way. I see why they signed it. It's just the point of, is there automatic rolling extensions on these? Or is there going to be a point? And this is the real interest. If some of them come up. with these? I can't, who's got an opportunity outside of Pete Dunne, okay, who's now mm. on NXT main roster, Tyler Bate. The king of everything's fine, yeah. Trent Seven, to an extent. Yeah. Walter seems to just, you know, get the best deal out of this possible. Oh, yeah. he was on Raw last week. Not give a fuck. <laughs> yeah. But anyone yeah. else, have they got a good deal out of this? Have Wolfgang. they got an opportunity out of this? <laughs> I haven't seen anyone get an opportunity. Wolfgang really. gets lumped with that lot, doesn't he? Somehow, like, at the start, he was getting, like, shots. But you're like, yeah. You're, you know what the best is you can hope for? The best you can hope for is to be Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster getting squashed by Raw Machine on Raw. You know, War Machine who, like, used to, like, have competitive matches with, like, progress-level tag teams on the indies. Like, those dudes squashing you in, in a matter of seconds. Like, that's... I, I'm sure it made their day to be on Raw or SmackDown or whichever the two shit shows it was on. But, like, yeah. Like, I... I you know, I get it. There's only so many full-time pay positions in the UK. It's great for the... You know, at least for the bank balance of the individual wrestlers. But if you ask me, they're even underpaid at that point. But it just... It's the death knell for interest for me in like british wrestlers like if mm. anything like the other thing that, that happened this you know i mentioned before you know the nxt uk running tv tapings during 16 carat i'm far more interested in 16 carat now like i don't want like yeah. I, I i mean it's shitty because like a more interesting it, lineup yeah. where you have some control over the finishes there's yeah. a novelty leave those leave you know i love walter and Ilya. and it will be a no. blow them not being there that weekend but the idea of wxw having to go to the well and bring in genuine indie talent and bring more of that side of things that makes me far interested in making the trip in March because I just don't care about these NXT UK wrestlers anymore I don't want to see them anymore um, might get Ridge Hollands though you never know why would we want to work with our European friends we could be an insular sovereign nation <laughs> yeah there's... you could do that yeah <laughs> making our own laws and rules and booking our own matches and not having to revolve them around you know our European neighbours 16 carat of WXW might try and dictate the terms of the agreement at the NXT UK tapings that weekend because <laughs> it's always fucking Europe dictating the terms of the agreement isn't it yeah <laughs> sorry uh, I mean I should probably link in before we move on and of um Link to the Brit Rezzers dead thing, and I don't agree. It's got really anything to do with it. I just think they were badly run. IPW UK, you know, went under. Like, oh, it's worth mentioning just because of like you know, Link to the Tuesday Night Grab stuff. Remember when we did the, uh, we kind of went in on IPW UK and that sh- that daft decision oh, yes. they made to run WrestleMania weekend. 
And uh, one of us, me particularly, <laughs> made a joke about something to do with them. It was a rough area they were running in, and I was saying something like they, they used you to run in. And, yeah, that was it. Yeah, yeah. And I made, made a joke about them being used to running with criminals or something like that to do with Dan Edler. And we had the IPWK owner at that time, who since left and sold up, um, and then the subsequent owners have closed it. Like, literally, in the Indie Corners DMs going, oh, listen to the podcast, and it's disgusting what you said. You need to edit the podcast or I'm going to sue you with basically his words and we ended up like it's the one and only time i've ever edited one of our podcasts for a reason like that mm. and i regret it to this day i should have just left it up but like the other thing that he was going because we talked on that show about how tuesday night graps doesn't really fit the ipwk aesthetic whatever that aesthetic was supposed to be and his big lesson that he took out of it was like he, he like literally put in the message to me he was like yeah one thing i did agree on was was tuesday night graps and that day they cancelled tuesday night graps and it was like no what we meant was like as much as it's not for us it didn't fit your brand because because it was actually successful and people were into it the actual ipw uk whatever the fuck it was supposed to be that was the failure and it should be no surprise at this point that they've gone under i don't you know there's probably you know maybe they could have trundled on a few more months if we were in a different you know we were still in the boom period and WWE uk wasn't here but i think it was always happening and it was a nothing promotion you know for the majority of its run in the end although you know obviously some very very influential early years when Andy Quilden and the lads were around and it basically took over FWA mm. and kind of you know was Rev Pro before Rev Pro was Rev Pro but it was nothing for so long that I can't even say it's a sad day that IPW UK has closed up even if it maybe gives you an indication of where the scene is right now yeah I was going to say that it, it it they did bring this upon themselves and we always look at the mania weekend has kind of been the high point of an absolutely terrible decision and how much they lost on that when it was a show that was almost set up entirely to fail because mm. there was like you say what was the brand what was the dollar the, tickets yeah that that was the brand for that weekend <laughs> certainly yeah. but what what Pound I land a wrestling there is a there is a more general point of and obviously there are some of these companies and I think it was it which other companies have gone under recently I want to say oh, fear of getting any of them wrong was it pro wrestling clash I could be wrong breed um, well breed yeah. haven't they they've just taken time out because the, oh, okay. the stuff of the cave show it's uh, kind of the one in sort of Bristol sort of West Country pro wrestling chaos pro wrestling chaos yeah, yeah. um. So the thing with these is there may be reason, I don't know enough about those companies about reasons why they may not exist, and I've got any of them wrong, I apologise. But part of the problem has been is that that when they go, that they've not been able, perhaps at times, to share the kind of names that they would have been able to share in the past, and those are small things. And when those people were starting to disappear off the scene, like particularly like British wrestlers, even at that kind of second tier, who might have been working lots of a variety of places you start not to be able to get those and you can't afford to do imports because it's going to be more expensive to kind of get imports in and share on those i think that's where the one general effect of nxt uk stockpiling talent has a negative effect on the rest of the industry because the thing that we have seen is you know as an overall point is it's not only that first tier of guys the second tier of guys you could argue a lot of the third tier of guys and so at this point, you haven't got the people for the, the younger tier of guys to work with. There's not enough of them out there. The fact those young guns lads have got an NXT contract that's been uh, I don't think they do. Oh, no, not the young oh, guns. You said they did. Again, we're getting mixed up. Again, not the young guns. <laughs> yeah, the pretty bastards. 
Oh, uh, <laughs> let's not do that again. <laughs> we added to that combination of bastards, young, and deadly. I think there's something around those three. Oh, I just oh, messed it up as well. It's pretty about, deadly. I know nothing about wrestlers on the British wrestling scene anymore outside of Red Pro, so I'll just shut up. <laughs> but you're right, JP, on the IPW point, definitely mm. about the tiers of guys that have gone. Yeah. I think with IPW as well. Um, if you look at some of the guys that were booking, Kip Sabian was one of their main guys oh, there. He's having a great time. Did you see on Jimmy Havoc's Instagram story where they were all having a nice roast? I was going to mm. uh, Well, he know. was having a roast in Florida rather than in Milton Keynes, where he was mostly performing for IPW. So that's a proper there's some, upgrade. There's some, there. mu- there's some mushrooms on that roast as well. I don't know what you think yeah, about I, that, JP. I point this out to Joe. That's just a wrong... <laughs> well, I wouldn't know anything about that. You're not getting any on, on that on your fifth of January roast. I like a mushroom, but you know, I'll take your gristle or whatever I end up having to eat as well. Slop. Um, but going back to the IPW point, all I'll say is I was never a fan of the company. Let's be honest, they've mm. not been good since Quilden left. What? 10-ish years ago. Mm-hmm. They've kind of been a dead brand and they desperately needed to change the branding for a long time. So it was never cool, never any buzz. But there were guys that got regular gigs there who did improve while they were there. I think Kip Sabian improved mm. while he was there. So it was still a place for guys to go and work and build their reputation. They also ran that venue me and JP went to once in Milton Keynes where they ran regular shows. Yeah. And it worked for the crowd who were there. And it was a good place for guys to kind of hone their craft, if anything. Yeah. I know they ran Osprey versus Pete Dunn there about a year and a half yeah. ago. It seems like a distant memory. So the, we saw Ozzy open on that night. Did, it was like yeah. right near the kind of yeah. start of their run. So there were benefits to the promotion and there were benefits to what they gave guys on the scene, if anything. But as those guys go, like you said, and they sign contracts elsewhere, who is there to use? Why are people going to go out for fourth tier talent? And it's not going to happen. What is funny is uh, that IPWUK versus Defiant invasion angle that me and you saw of those Defiant paintings <laughs> we got invited to a couple of years ago. Well, they're both dead, so... <laughs> God, we jinxed it that night. We oh, killed yeah. both companies and created Chardengraps. Who would have guessed? As a result <laughs> of all of that stuff. There you go. That's our, that's our last influence. for meme wrestling. Yeah, it's, your, it's on you, Joe. Meme wrestling was a, a long, a, around a long time before that, mate. I was walking out of meme wrestling. <laughs> running through meme wrestling from yeah. day one. <laughs> Fucking hell. Oh, well, I feel better in that I've, I've had a bit of a rant yeah. and you guys have had a bit of a rant. Is there any positives to take? I mean, Osprey's coming back. At least as that. He said he's going to be doing more Rev Pro and OTT shows next year. He can save us, maybe, you know, at that top level. Mm. No. God, Osprey wants to get over here and, you know, put on a masterclass at the cockpit or at York or every now and then more power to him. Get yeah. over here. There are plenty of matches I'd like to see Will Ospreay do with a whole litany of talents. So, yeah, we're better off with that bloke over here, that's for sure. Absolutely. We're better off with him over here than we are seeing, I don't know, um, Dave Mastiff out of his WWE contract. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> for sure. Uh, any more? Anything more on Britras or in the famous words of Steve Austin, do you want to talk about CM Punk? Well, Brit Rest is dead, so let's move on, because I don't <laughs> like talking about the dead too much. It gets me down a bit. <laughs> well, on that point then, yeah, so yeah, on the nice, rosy, positive uh, WWE front, CM Punk's back, everyone. Happened right, like, the day after we released, or the day we released last week. I was good. Both that and the um, Jim Cornette story, where he, you know, the picture I put in the show image last week of uh, of Jimmy Havoc and Phil Mitchell, 
And again, uh, Ian of fame of UK Fab Four of Fame had, uh, had, had said that it was high, um, it was Excalibur with his mask off, and Jim Cornette bought it and went on a rant on his podcast for like three minutes about how <laughs> how uh, Excalibur looked like a fat piece of shit, and it was like, nope, that's just Phil Mitchell, mate. Uh, I was gutted we missed that, and I was gutted we missed the Punk story. They were the two uh, big takeaways from last week uh, that happened right after we aired. Uh, but yeah, Punk kind of. Uh, made his return i mean as gareth put it like he, he probably put it best as like you know you're in your brain you imagined how how excited we all were for for punk's big comeback for that music to hit and then it hit on a wwe hundred thousand viewer fluff tv show with no crowd with punk coming out and cutting like the aw- most awkward pitch black to camera promo and I'm just standing there awkwardly with his cohort. It was like, if you could have imagined like the the dampest squib of a of a return for CM Punk, this was it for me. Like I'm the biggest one of the biggest CM Punk marks in the world, and even I can't say much positive about this. I suppose he's gone on on Twitter today and said something about how he's. Uh, I think he tagged Vincent Mann and Tony Khan in the same tweet about how he'd been catching up with wrestling and uh, people should be ready for his big opinions, but. Yeah, this is not the way I expected CM Punk to return, and yeah, as a long-term CM Punk fantasy, the uh, you know the the always rebellious punk rock CM Punk uh, go the way they always do and go crawling back to WWE, even if it is a fucked contract. I've got to say it was uh, quite the uh, the disappointing return for me. Um, although you know I'll probably be along with the other hundred thousand odd people be watching whatever he does on Tuesday this week. Yes, the rest of the equipment of the return a dirty den to EastEnders, isn't it, in many ways? You know, what a disappointing return that was. It turned me <laughs> off actually watching EastEnders for a period of time. Even mm. Dennis Rickman ruling the swear. Fucking shit. Even Eddie Santini from the Bill was Andy Hunter was in there. And I was a massive <laughs> Santini fan. Big Arsenal fan, MJP. Remember the episode of Manuel Petit? I do. Christmas Eve, 1998. Great episode. <laughs> yeah. But even I was off EastEnders at that point. And yeah, y- you know... Uh, this is a massive disappointment. There's no two ways about it. Like, oh, CM Punk's back as a critic. Cool. Like, mm. he could just, you know, do video blogs on that from his bedroom if he wanted to and post them on a YouTube channel and he might get more attention and more viewers on his YouTube channel because people are probably more willing to just watch a YouTube clip of CM Punk talking about his thoughts of wrestling. And you know what? He's getting paid a fee. So I'm sure he's getting paid quite healthily by uh, Murdoch and Fox for this. So, yeah, fair enough. It's his own decision. Mm. But at the same time, I can't say that I'm not disappointed. And I think he's gone about it like a bit of a dick as well, to be honest with you. I think some of the stuff he's actually said about AEW in the past is a bit out of place and a bit out of order. Um, And, yeah, he, he likes to surprise people. He likes to do things his own way. But I think he's kind of lost a little bit of touch on what is cool because previously the decisions he would make were kind of quite cool and ahead of the curve and he kind of read the audience. Whereas on this, I think he's appeared completely tone deaf. But at the end of the day, I just don't think he wants to wrestle again. Mm. And if we do see him wrestle again and he comes back, I think he's killed a lot of his marketability and a lot of his drawing power Mm. by coming back as a critic for a period. Yeah, that's it. It's just... You know, I, I, I'm with you in that, like, he was, I don't think, I think this proves that, you know, while he was always going to come back to wrestling in some form, I don't think he wants to wrestle. And he certainly doesn't seem to want to 
you know have anything to do with AEW. This is like the for me, this kind of like on two sides. It's either Punk really, really doesn't want to do any business with AEW, or AEW just went you know good enough in you know if he's convinced if he's willing to come back for to wrestling even in a role like this, like. If you're Tony Khan, who apparently sat down with CM Punk, surely a role like this comes up. You know, if he, I don't know what you what you think on this, whether he'd overpower the broadcast maybe too much. But Punk on commentary, I mean, there was a point where uh, mm. Tony, we, we it's worked out well with Tony Schiavone, but there was a point where you know we were all kind of hating the three man bump beef in AEW because what was his name, the football dude, uh, who Alex Marvez, Alex Marvez, when he left. Like during that period where we were wondering what they were going to do about the, the, the booth or, you know, before they'd even announced he was going, you know, you had CM Punk at All Out sat there in Chicago doing autographs that afternoon. Personally, if I'm Tony Khan, I would have broke the bank even just to do that. If Punk's willing to come and do talking head stuff, I'd rather them have him doing talking head stuff for my company if I'm him. Yeah, I don't know if whether it speaks to you more. Yeah, whether it punks clear like disdain for these AEW dudes. Like, have you seen the um, Pro Wrestling Tees shop? Because Pro Wrestling Tees are quite closely related to AEW, and I know Cole Cabana's got like a a big yeah uh, uh, bit of money behind that. Like the CM Punk page on there, and I was just one T-shirt that says CM Punk sucks, and like the description is something like CM Punk sucks now. Stop chanting his name at live events. Like that's literally what it says. Like there's clearly bad blood there i think and i wonder whether that's it or i don't know do you put any of the blame on aw should aw made a, a stronger no. move for, for a non-wrestling role do you think why what makes you say no, that joke? Do you i think, think i think no i wouldn't put any blame on him at all hmm. i think to put blame on them when he doesn't want to wrestle i don't want to see cm punk in a non-wrestling role in a hot promotion i would want him as a wrestler or nothing at all i don't think he's got any value long term as someone who just appears on the show as an announcer, he's not worth break of the bank for an announcer to set up on your show and to sit there at an announce desk when people are probably going to be like, come and wrestle, come and wrestle, yeah. make the difference. They're doing it now. Because if, I, if you, we saw him sat at the AEW announce desk, all of us would want him in a wrestling ring. None of us would want him sat there and all of us would be thinking, get back in that fucking ring will you for fuck's sake be like if vincent company came back to man city in a coaching role and they need a center back desperately i'll be saying get back on that fucking pitch because you'd be better than any of those center backs we've got at the moment i think to now nah, i think you're coming out from the wrong angle there if i'm honest benno because mm. i think that it would create a different set of expectations and i don't see what value he would really have and also you got to think with someone like marvez yeah we didn't like him we thought he fucking sucked and they must have done screen tests with him where they knew that he sucked before the broadcast. But it seemed like there was a long-term arrangement in place. It seemed like Tony Khan saw something in him as a friend of his as well. I get why they made that approach. I think saying, oh, well, he was at StarCast, that's simplifying a quite a complicated issue, if anything. And I think he had his answer on WWE from the start, to be honest. Cody said it months ago, didn't he? He did. And, it, and we all laughed it at It kind of shocked us all. And it riled Punker when Cody said it because Cody was right. And Cody kind of let the cat out of the bag. <laughs> I think AEW had done nothing wrong because there's no wrong that you can really do in this situation when you're dealing with an awkward, awkward man like CM Punk, a man who falls out of his best friend. 
over a podcast and who counter sues his best friend over promises he made to him and got annoyed with him and fell out of him because he went backstage at an NXT show a couple of years ago. <laughs> and is the this reason is that the podcast got sued in the first this place is, is the stuff he said. This is the kind of character we are dealing with here. Mm. He's awkward, he's difficult. I think you've also got to remember these AEW guys are novices. They've not done this before. If you're in a startup, which essentially what this is, backed by a billionaire, I know... You're going to make mistakes in this business. That's how it works. Mm. I think to put it on AEW is very harsh. This is CM Punk, and it's only CM Punk. Yeah, but, I mean, if you're saying that, you're agreeing with me, they're novices. That's what I think, that they're novices, that they... Yeah, but anyone's a novice when they step into a business for the first time and they've not... Doesn't mean that they should be shielded from any criticism. Like, I I feel like... I'm not saying that, but I don't think they should be... Why should they be criticised over CM Punk signing the contract with WWE? I think that's a ridiculous opinion, to be honest with you. I think if he's available and if he's willing to do something wrestling-related, then there was obviously something of an opening there and you know I, I did put first that there is the you know the possibility that cm punk is so against working with them that nothing would have worked whatsoever but i do think that if he's willing to sit down and do a wwe on fox show that there's an argument that there was an at least something of an open door there that they could have taken advantage of maybe it's the cm punk fan of me that thinks if you get him in the door for commentary or for an appearance maybe you can talk him into doing other stuff because you know you know the wheels are already spinning on wwe's end there's already a seth rollins of the world trying to grandstand and and challenge cm punk into doing yeah, that mania match yeah that's it yeah i just think yeah i think if the if he was in any way and we thought for so long that he was you know he was outright you know not willing to do anything involved in wrestling if he's willing to do something and that something involves the company that sued him and led to him falling out with his best friend i know i just think there's a there was something of an opportunity there and you know without being pride him on his wedding day pride him on his wedding day he's willing to do that yeah, I don't know. Maybe we can disagree on whether it would be worthwhile putting him on commentary. And even I've got some doubt there because I'm thinking, well, as much as I think it'd be, you know, something of a good idea, you'd have to be careful with it because he is going to overshadow the other people that are out there. But I do, I do think there was a something of an open door there, and I, it does speak to AEW being novices in this market and maybe not getting a deal done that you know might have been, might have been. Feel like we're putting the issue on AEW, and I, I just feel like that's very harsh, if I'm honest with you. I feel like we've turned this into a, an, an AEW issue, but I just, I just don't think it is at all. I think we're simplifying the issue by just well, saying that. Can also it's say, one element of the issue, isn't it? It's not simplifying it. It's one this, angle. Well, we we don't know exactly what happened from a money expense, from a money um, extent. In mm. terms of how much AEW would have offered and how much effectively Fox would have offered the potential amount from WWE. I wonder now at the end of this, because I would have said there was a time they needed things to move a needle. I remember saying this a few times when AEW started up and CM Punk was that potential to be that kind of needle mover and kind of get that foothold in the market. That idea of, you know, the first impression is, you know, it's that lasting impression you've got to make. And maybe if they'd had that all out, then that would have then that would have been something and what the kind mm. of landscape of the company would have been would have been entirely different. I do think when it comes down to it, I t- it's going to sound incredibly simplistic. I think he just wants the money. Yeah. And he yeah. knows that there's just a re- like there yeah. is guaranteed money with this at a point 
when he can take them for as much as this? Because effectively, he, wants he can call for that kind of Lesnar-style deal of not one after, mm. if he did decide he wanted to wrestle. Yeah. And I think he knows that. I think he knows keep an eye, keeping an eye on the landscape, keeping an eye on the ratings and saying, okay, there's a point here, they're coming, I'm coming back at this kind of low ebb. I think they fucked it, obviously, with the way they did it on WWE backstage. But I think he can kind of have them over a barrel and they'd be willing to pay that kind of stupid money. But mm. think about it this way as well. You've got WWE, okay? Mm. You've got AEW. Mm. Fox. Yeah. Right? yeah. He wants a Fox job, doesn't he? He, want, yeah. he wants to do MMA. Yeah, yeah. He wants to do baseball. CM Punk wants to work for CM Punk. Mm. Yeah. That's what I think. Working with Fox is probably the simplest an easiest contract for CM Punk to sign yeah. because he's not signed to Vince. Yeah, Vince can put pressure on, obviously, on the Fox execs, but he's not signed with a wrestling company. He's signed with a media company. So it's a completely different style of contract that he's well, got. So he's in a sort of medium kind of area yeah. where mm. he hasn't got the pressures of necessarily the wrestling business that he's got to deal with. And I just think CM Punk works for CM Punk. I don't think CM Punk cares about AEW. I don't think CM Punk cares about the health or the well-being of the wrestling mm. business. It's where my respect for the likes of Cody, the Bucks, Omega grows even further because they could have taken those big WWE contracts and be spin set for life, probably in a miserable time. But instead, they've put all this stress, extra pressure, and extra tension on themselves. Essentially... For themselves, yeah, because they want to achieve something in wrestling and want it to be different, but also for us as well. And that makes me respect that decision. Yeah, that might change over time as AEW maybe develops as a promotion. But ultimately, I think CM Punk's in it for CM Punk. And I understand that. I get that. He's 41. Well, here's a big hypothetical for both of you for this. Mm. He's working for Fox. He's not working for WWE. One of the things with the obviously the backstage rating first of all was forty nine thousand. What did he do with the punk return? Did he do he did a hundred thousand? Is that right? Yes, that was it was fifty thousand the week before and then a hundred thousand that week. Again, unadvertised. Okay. Imagine if you're in his position and he starts saying about some stuff on the product that's really shit <laughs> that he really dislikes. And ultimately it does really good ratings and Fox love this, but yeah. WWE hate it. And hey, I'll end up watching that. Yeah. Did WWE have creative control? And at that point, the Fox go, no, hang on a minute. This guy's got something here. We're getting really good ratings. Stay the fuck away from this. You need. You said you were going to present this secondary content. Here it is. It's yeah. doing well. Leave it alone. I don't see it happening. But the one thing I would say would be the ultimate credibility killer is if he's going on to to do back the backstage stuff and it's coming from it of like... Well, obviously, Rusev's really angry at the minute with what Lashley's done, you know, in terms <laughs> of taking thing. away his wife. Yeah. At that point, it's like, I am fucking, right, I am fucking out. I'm nothing to do with this. <laughs> That's how the show is framed, though, is the thing. It's like, I've, he- I've heard Meltzer and Alvarez go back and forth. And to be honest, I listened to Alvarez shouting at callers who were going, you know, they should have done this at Survivor Series. And he was going, no, he's got a Fox deal. It's not a WWE deal. But then you've got Meltzer going, you know what? They probably should have done it at Survivor Series. And it's like... There's more blurred line. I think it's in CM Punk's mind he signed a Fox contract. But if you watch that show, they literally on the introduction to CM Punk, they're like, we here at WWE like to do, you know, this is Renee Young. You know, we have surprises. We, we, we. And it's all these WWE employees. And that's what the show is. It's fluff. It's 
WWE propaganda. Like, I I think that's the most interesting thing. How long is he actually going to last on this thing? Because it's one thing for Ryan Satin to be towing the company line and not, you know, talking any of the actual, you know, big stories. Like, imagine, you know, a Jordan Miles happens in, like, in a real sport. That gets talked about on a show like this. You know, imagine, mm. you know, Sin Cara asked for his release this week. I know it's only Sin Cara, but, you know, Biff Busick's asked for his release this week. These are stories that they're not going to go anywhere near. And I think CM Punk, I don't know. I feel like he signed a contract. Maybe not expecting that that's going to be the thing, but that if you're signing a deal with Fox, you could be forgiven for thinking that's the type of show it's going to be. And I don't think it's going to be that type of show. And I wonder how many weeks he survives, even in that environment. But yeah, maybe he is laughing to the bank. He's going to take his money. He's not going to take any bumps. He does his own thing anyway, whether you want to call him a dickhead for that or not. Maybe just for him, that that's what it is. It's a It's an avenue to get those... You know, get in with Fox, maybe get to do a yeah. pundit on, you know, more MMA, boxing, baseball, you know, whatever else. Hockey, he's, he's got a big, hockey, he's a big fan of like, the Chicago Blackhawks, is it? Or something yeah. like that. I think that's probably what he's thinking. But I think you are going to have that clash because really, you know, it's not, it isn't that type of show. Like I watched most of the first one and much of this episode. It is the, the kind of fluff that would appear on the WWE Network. So if anything, yeah, if that's what he's expecting, he's going to get quite, maybe not quite the shock, but it's going to be interesting to see, yeah how he deals with that environment and whether he he does go full to himself when we get like full Rev Joe rants on there the show tomorrow rather than just you know WWE storyline talking points would you like to see if like they bring up Oni Lorcan to him and he goes well he tried to steal food off people's table <laughs> and that's it he doesn't mention anything else He's never well, I think one of the things with it as well is maybe this maybe he is smarter than all of us mm. and he's for well, I can still stir stuff up mm. because I'm going to do what I want to do and see we'll see what gets past the editorial, see what gets well, see what gets past the edit, and I'm just going to say what I want. And I might only be here a few weeks, but I've got a guaranteed contract, possibly, mm. and I've got this release clause in my contract. So if I get sacked after four weeks, then I walk away with the money and I walk straight to the bank and I might have stirred some shit up and piss Vince off at the same time. I, who knows? Who knows? I don't know what the terms of his... That sounds like your are. plan for if you've got a job with WWE. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. So, that was the strategy. But perhaps he's trying to stir shit up in the wrestling business mm. by using his, the power of his voice, the voice of the voiceless or the rest of it, on this show <laughs> where he's got some sort of platform. Hopefully, the showrunner is very much aware of the type of character he is and is sort of thinking, right, I'm going to give him this five minutes where he can just kick off and he can take it to him. And if Vince doesn't like it and they put pressure on Fox mm. and he has to go, he might have stirred some shit up and he might have stirred Vince up. And Vince might go into the XFL season with his heart beating at an even faster rate because he's so angry and he's eating too much red meat. <laughs> or, he, <laughs> could only hope. or he could end up like Daniel Kalua at the end of that Black Mirror episode of, was it, Six Million Credits, where he's just sort of screaming off into the abyss, sort mm. of about how angry he is taking the money and then he's off after five minutes. <laughs> and if that happens and Punk runs straight to the bank, fair play to him, I say. Yeah, that's it. I wonder how much money would it take for them to drop on his desk to be like, you know, we've got this Saudi Arabia show coming up. Uh, yeah, I think with, like, with the UTM Punk, I think he's, he's money driven, maybe not that money driven. But yeah, I, I, I think for me as a, as a big CM Punk fan to kind of close up, like for me, it kind of it beats home what we've kind of all known for years he's a dickhead falls out with all his best mates he's money driven 
he's not as punk rock as he'll, he'll have you believe he is. He's not the, the voice of the voice. This is a wrestling gimmick, everybody. Um, yeah, I think, I, th- I think it kind of gives you some indication of, yeah, well, what CM Punk is willing to do for money. Uh, but then again, yeah, you know, again, maybe we'll be talking about him a hero if, if again, if he does go on the show tomorrow and he does go, go full Rev Joe and we get a full uncensored rant and then he gets kicked off the air forever, as you probably would, Joe, if you ever, uh, if, if they ever give you a shot. Um, that would be two <laughs> glorious weeks of WWE backstage. Well, replacing Ryan Satin for a week. Well, I'm banned from post wrestling. So, you know. <laughs> no, welcome anytime, Joe, honestly. Um, <laughs> but I suppose uh, next takeover, maybe ne- next takeover, <laughs> Joe Coffee main event. We'll talk tomorrow. It's, it's uh, the forum, they loved you, Joe. They've been missing you. That's what it is. They want you back. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I mean, anything more on Punk, or should we uh, talk some AEW? Oh, we'll get some AEW. Yeah, we probably should because, like, yeah, we've obviously we had a we said for a show we had that didn't have much to talk about. We've had uh, some yeah. uh, very good discussions there on Brit Res and Punk, and yeah, we've kind of left till till last pretty much what I thought was the best AEW TV show they've done. Like, I love the Go Home show, but I thought this, as far as a you know a post pay per view show, honestly, I don't think I've got anything bad to say. I, I thought I'm not saying it was the perfect wrestling show, but as far as a mix of angles and as far as them you know putting the right people in the right positions you know moxley getting to speak that i've moaned about for weeks you know that incredible mjf and jericho back and forth you know a yeah. great match in packet hangman page a really fun main event with good booking uh setting up you know more interesting things in the future with uh, you know with jericho and scorpio sky like honestly like maybe they put a couple of mine if feet wrong in this show but it was as close to you know the perfect aw tv show for me that they, they've done so far and reflected in the ratings too with them bouncing back post pay-per-view was it nine hundred thousand something like that jp uh high yeah it did. i it? think it was like around the 950 mark 950 that's it yeah I think so they did did for this one genuinely impressive and yeah hopefully it continues because for me this is the AWTV tv uh i want every week uh rather than that match 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 booking that we maybe got a little bit early on i feel like they, they settled into something uh brilliant here and it was two hours that i watched live and two hours that, that flew by for me don't know about you two so i've still yet to watch it live mm. i'm probably waiting until it's like the holiday season and I'm off that I'll actually you aren't staying up till 3, 4am mate come on no 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 well it's on about like 1 in the morning at the moment over here it is. but I won't get to do it until it's like Christmas holidays you're going to stay up till 3am I can see myself doing it once yeah. uh, maybe once every few months I can manage to do it as a show I actually ended up funny enough because I watched it sort of two days afterwards and I generally I generally agree that I'm probably not as hot on the opening hour as yeah, as 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 much, only and now what they did with Moxley, I thought was good to kind of get the Nakazawa thing. They linked him with Omega, and they mm. managed managed to kind of get him to do his promo as well, um, which I thought was was generally good. I will say that the like in terms of the squash, well, the squash matches are kind of so short they're generally inoffensive. Although. I was glad Darby Allen won. I just kind of didn't really want to see Sean Spears or Peter Avalon, to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, fair. Um, and they're, they're the kind of only issues I would have. Like, if I was talking sort of structurally, I'd still lose a match from that from those couple of matches, whether or not you needed the Darby Allen and the Nyla Rose and the Moxley kind of effectively yeah, I thought they kind did of too squashes. Many squashes in the first hour. Which oh, seems like, and I know we're, we're kind of, it's because I wanted them to settle on a kind of structure. 
at the moment. And I think you're right, but I think they're really close to being there. And the second half of this, really from that promo onwards, was like, this is awesome. Mm. Like, I like the promo. There was a point I wondered whether or not it went on slightly too long in terms of some of the stuff. But I get it was the idea had to be reminded that MJF is 23, which is <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. Because he is, you know, Melts always says he's like Roddy Piper. And you're like, yeah, you can kind of see that. Just that, just that perfect antagonist. And you can see at that point where him and Jericho could be at a point where effectively ends up trying to replace Jericho as top heel. And at that stage, you know, you can like him really kicking off on people. Cause you get the feeling as well. You're watching that MJF. That's a restrained MJF. Mm. That is that that's a restrained MJF, but like him really kicking off would be, you know, you could see this is a guy who's going to end up into the kind of stratosphere as well. Um, I would say though, in a sense, like if there's one kind of other slightly overarching criticism is I still feel they need to slow down overall. It still feels like they're kind of having almost not confrontations, but maybe you could have got to Jericho MJF in a month or so. Did it need to, did it, it, I get the idea of trying to capitalize while it's hot, but would you maybe have just had an MJF promo? Then people wouldn't have been talking about it in this way. So that's yeah. only a personal it was just, point of view. It was just so good, it wasn't like it? Sort of rushing through stuff with yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Like, I know it was your point last week, wasn't it, JP? And I did, I kind of had that, that tinge of like, I kind of wanted MJF to explain in a bit more detail exactly why yeah. he turned on Cody. And it turns into the Jericho thing, but I think it was just so good. And, you know, yeah. you know, they, they both do kind of maybe, dodged into somewhat not babyface charity but you know they were both very funny and entertaining but they were so funny and entertaining that it was just i think it was too good tv for even mm. you know those minor complaints that i had to maybe i think they kind of dropped out my mind by the end of it um because because the, the execution was just so good and i just think mjf you know the fact that he can hang in there with jericho like you said at 23 mm. is just crazy and i just thought yeah well you know, you could maybe, I think maybe there is a point to be made there of, you know, they could have maybe, you know, concentrated a bit more on, you know, the MJF reasoning and, you know, why exactly, you know, the Cody story went the way it did. I just think it was so good that, you know, I'm fine with it. Maybe that's wrong. I don't, where, where did you land on it, Joe? Exactly the same. Mm. Um, I would have laid out the feud differently mm. and I would have done this in a couple of weeks, mm. but it was that entertaining that, I was into it mm. and it swept me along and I was pissing myself by the end of it. So it worked on that level, definitely. And it got attention. I'd have had Cody get a little bit more retribution before the uh, Wardlow entrance. That's for mm. sure. But I thought that was maybe a little, maybe done a little bit quickly, but at the same time, that wasn't the focus this week. It was MJF. who was the focus mm. this week. Um, has he joined the inner circle? I don't think he has, has he? No. Is he no. going? I don't know. And I like this kind of world where it isn't a case of heels ultimately have to get on because mm. they're heels. Mm. The idea that they are all kind of trying to manipulate the situation is that if you end up with having an MJF Jericho match, it would wouldn't be you know you wouldn't be breaking the canon by having that. I don't think they should be doing that. No, I God, that, no. You know that should be two years in an ideal world. That should be Jericho's last run, where he gets his baby yeah. face run in a couple of years' time. I think. Basically, yeah, yeah. Mm. When, when everything's rosy and he's left it all well. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed the segment. I think there's a lot in the MJF Cody feud. 
Where it goes, I don't know. Whether they honour this stipulation, mm. I, surely they've got to find a way round it at some point. I think Cody's too hot and too over, and is the biggest star in the company. Mm. That you've got to put your biggest title on your biggest star at some point. And yeah, I, who knows how they're going to get round it? Mm. I think they will do. I think they'll just make us wait. Yeah, I th- as I think, much as anything. I think that's it. They'll find a storyline way to do it. MJF threw the towel in, so it's not a real... You know, there'll be something. You know, maybe Cody turns heel in two years, you know, or even three years. There'll be a point where they break it. Um, it is interesting. This is like Cody's, what, third meaty feud since the start of AEW? Kind of goes to your point, JP, of... Uh, you know, of, of maybe rushing through things a little bit. Uh, and we're getting a lot of one and done. I wonder whether we're going back to, as we talked about last week, whether we're going back to a Jericho match or we're going straight to straight to MJF. But I think that's the difference here with this. I'm willing to let it play out and I'm willing to watch it. And I'm excited to watch it and to see, you know, how things develop and which direction they go. Because there's lots of things you can do right now. I think we're probably more on course, aren't we, for like a Jericho TV feud or even just a one-off match with Scorpio Sky. I think they laid that out yeah. really well that's probably what you reckon big that'll be that'll be a big match you know maybe in a couple of weeks or something like that they probably won't wait for the the pay-per-view or that what is it bash of the beach they've got coming up in january but a nice little Having that live, i think there's a show they're doing in in for new year's day mm, or something yeah, like that yeah, they yeah. That would be the kind of thing that you could put on there because you can give Scorpio Sky some wins in the run-up to that. I think mm. there'll be a few big matches on TV coming up. I think mm. they're going to do an LAX Bucks match on TV at some point, it looks mm. like. I can't see them waiting for the next pay-per-view for that one. Mm. You've then got the Jericho Scorpio Sky one you can go to as well. I'm sure there's a kind of B Cody match you could throw in there. Cody versus Wardlow or something, possibly. Yeah, that doesn't sound great, does it? Oh, <laughs> well, it'll be Cody and Dustin versus MJF and Wardlow. Yeah, may- and then maybe you could have Cody and MJF on a touch. That'd mm. be a good touch. Mm. Yeah. So you get it. I'd go with MJF Dustin almost to a degree if we yeah, do MJF yeah. Cody. Well, I think they're going to go yeah. Dustin Swagger, it looks like, as well as some point. Swagger doesn't wrestle. Maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. Mm. Probably. <laughs> um, so who knows? I think uh, one of the things, just to mention, Ben, over the big feuds you said about, mm. I think with the Dustin match and with the Sean Spears match, I think they needed to go one. I think you could have got a second match out of the Jericho feud and then done the MJF turn. Yeah, that's fine. But I like with this MJF feud, they go with at least two matches, possibly three over pay-per-views, because I think there's a long-term story here. Mm. But also, weren't they doing this war games? Because that's the constant tease as well. None of us it's going to be. War games on the beach. War at the Bash, War at the Beach. I, lo- I love the Cody's literally going out and copying all stuff. War games. <laughs> yeah, you could do that. Yeah, I love that Cody's going out and copywritten all this stuff. Like Bash at the Beach. Like I'm waiting for the WWE legal letter to appear online, but apparently they didn't grab that. Uh, I wonder what else he, what do you reckon he, because there's a battle bowl this week as well isn't there well, not called that but that's essentially what it is not full battle bowl but there's a ring and it's a battle royal so I'm counting it uh, I wonder what else Cody's got in his back pocket that they, uh, they could use from WCW canon World War 3 oh it was never God good though was it three. it was always good it was shit it looked good in WCW magazine in the pictures I remember as a kid like in 96 97 reading the magazines going oh it's a Royal Rumble but with three rings and what 60 men but then I think the reality I watched that not that different. not this long ago. Yeah, I watched one of them. Oh no, this is, I say not that long ago. Within the last couple of years, since <laughs> the existence of the network, dull, mm. dull, dull, dull. Mm. And even watching going back and watching WCW stuff, which you know is very much my wheelhouse. Yeah, 
really bad. Wow. Just lots of people who have like, I've no idea. <laughs> Ever curious where Jerry Flynn was getting up to part oh, of the I love time. Jerry Flynn. Bit of a Danish wrestling promotion you watched. What was it? You watched some Danish No, it, the Danish promotion. wrestling promotion was better than that. Really? Than that. It was just a mess of a show because also the cameras were all over the shop. So you weren't really catching a lot of people. You couldn't tell what was going on at points until the very end when it'd be Hogan, Giants, Lugas of the world. He'd be left remaining. You're like, no. What about a bunkhouse stampede match? Bunkhouse brawl? Was that yeah, one yeah, yeah. Great American Bash, like 89, I mm. think that one might be at. Yeah. Oh, you know, God, he's, got that. he's got the jeans on and there's like a. Maybe you've got Capital Combat as well. Maybe get Robocop out. I'll be up for a Robocop <laughs> appearance. I'd totally take it. Yeah. There you go. These are all ideas that we do that we have never taken advantage of until like, what was it, three years ago? They just decided all of Triple H got his way and we started getting War Games matches. Uh, yeah, there's, lo- there's loads in the locker you could do there. Has so. Sting got a WWE contract at the moment? You'd imagine it's like a Legends deal, wouldn't you? Hasn't yeah, he, I think it's, it's a Legends one. If he's wise, he'll let that expire and won't sign a new one or mm. come in here because I could see them using Sting as like one of the judges yeah, like DDP. Like a Cody second or something like that at some yeah. point. Yeah, like I think DDP did an interview this week saying he's still got some kind of contract with WWE. So maybe there's, maybe, maybe there's a will, there's a way. But yeah, that'd take like the Cody cosplay to a, to 10 out of 10 there. If you get a get Sting mm. in his corner, I'd love that. Um, but yeah, that that's there's just there's a lot to kind of they've got in motion right now as far as you know interesting events coming up, interesting different ways you can do with feuds. I think they're doing, you know, we were critical last week, so it's worth mentioning. You mentioned Darby Allen before. I, I don't, you know, I still probably wouldn't have took him off TV for a month, but the fact that they put him back on TV gave him a win. And then Adam just immediately called Moxley out. I think that was a lot for him. I don't know what you do with the match next week because we've had a lot of hardcore recently. And I don't think, I mean, they can't do that stuff on TV. So I don't really know what the match looks like. Uh, but I think that's good that, you know, the spotlight and Darby Allen. I thought he did a great job with, you know, even Luchasaurus, you know, his big comeback this week. I thought even the Dark Order looked good. I think we're starting to see them, you know, slot people where they should be slotted. And I think they're getting the most out of a lot of these undercard acts as well. Even Orange Cassidy, you know, in his limited little comedy roles. You know, I can <laughs> I can take or leave him sometimes. You know, WrestleMania weekend, JP, we had way too oh, much no. of him. Uh, I was sick to the back teeth of seeing him on shows at that point and seeing him do those same shots. But even the use of him, I think, has been really good. I think just, you know, having him just do the odd comedy spot and that's it. You know, you're not getting long Orange Cassidy matches on these TVs. I just think they're doing a really, really good job with their undercard right now, and hopefully, hopefully it'll continue. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think I, I would agree. I would generally agree with that. Um, I think the one area, and I, I think we all might be disagree uh, agreed on this, is still that upper mid card tier. That's I think, still I think the workers in there. If hmm. anything, yeah, it's yeah. like with someone like a Wardlow. I watched a bit of NXT afterwards, and I was thinking. Man, imagine like Dom- Donovan Dijak or yeah. Keith Lee in the Wardlow role. Whereas I get it, he's this untapped guy, he might have some yeah. potential they can build up. But, you know, those guys can have a proven track record, but everyone's in WWE. Well, with Tom Lawler leaving MLW, I wonder Is if he? he'll end up... Yeah, he's not, he's not uh, renewing his deal. I think that's a storyline. I don't believe that. You reckon that's a storyline? I wondered uh, that myself, actually, just to see... Yeah, I know Meltzer fell for it, but and he'd know, I suppose. But it does feel like a storyline. But he could fit. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's difficult because he's he's charismatic, but in a very different way, and the grungy style of MLW would suit them. But then, 
the hope would be is that some people just learn to keep pretty quiet, don't say anything, and let their contracts run out and then see what the lay of the land is. They may have to go out there and impress people again in order to get signed up with contracts. I don't think they're going to take everyone who gets released. But um, on the whole... Only Lorcan would be great there. He would be a mate. He, would he be never mate. got the indie run he should have had. I remember you saying you that. Like s- You could see it in his yeah. eyes in WXW. You know, and he was there, like, being there live yeah. at Tag League. You could literally see how much he was enjoying being out there. And he, I honestly, it was, the timing's right, isn't it? I honestly think he had that weekend and was like, you know what? I'd rather do this. Yeah. Says a lot, doesn't it? Mm. They'd be willing to do the go out in a sense, in a, you know, unprotected, not having that kind of safety net of that regular income coming in as mm. well. Um, I was going to ask you two, a couple of things. I enjoyed the last two matches on AEW but I was going to ask what did you make of like uh, it was a point to add on from the promo I just want to say about Chris Jericho in terms of just the amount he's sort of just giving things over in this like imagine a Hogan in that interview segment with MJF well, about, he's learned from being in WCW he really has guys and then but it, he hasn't learned just to do the same things that they did no he's yeah. learned and he was critical about those guys in his first book. I remember him laying into Kevin Nash in his first oh, book. God, yeah. he, he had to do... Chris Jericho is an infinitely more talented wrestler than Triple H. He's got mm. so much more in every department than Triple H has. And essentially, Triple H was kind of given preference over him at times in WWE. Look at that WrestleMania in 2002 when he was given nothing by Triple H and Triple H actively went out there to bury him. Mm. He's been victim to some of the worst people in the history of wrestling. People who put their ego ahead of the business. At the worst time for them yeah, around, when they were at their absolutely. biggest peak. Yeah. And I think he has processed that, he's learned from that, and he said, I'm not going to make those same mistakes. And I think he's just been, he's been an absolute gem in mm. AEW. And I've always said it, Jericho... MJF spoke about Mount Rushmore. I thought he was going to use my line about Jericho and Mount Rushmore. He didn't. <laughs> he went down a more hilly route with it. Good yeah. on him. But yeah. M- there'd be four Chris Jerichos on my Mount Rushmore, <laughs> and Triple H would be laid at the bottom of that Mount Rushmore, <laughs> looking up at Chris Jericho, begging and pleading to have half an ounce of Chris Jericho's talent. <laughs> That's the thing, isn't it? Like, you know, you can make that comparison, you know, Jericho in age and stuff to those dudes. But like you said, he's so much more talented. You can tell he's learned the lessons of the past. I love that he, like, I think he's actually friends with Nash in that now. That's a nice little full circle story. But he's learned from, like, the way they treated, like, the undercard talents. And he's out there trying to get a Sammy Guevara over. He's trying to get a Scorpio Sky over. He's, like, you know, if you look at the the 15-minute ratings that Meltzer puts in the Observer, you know, his, his, his segments tend to be up there with the top stuff because he's a genuine star. And he's using his star power at a time where he could be, be off doing gigs, doing signings, shagging random scouse birds in hotels. He could be doing anything other than wrestling for a promotion on TNT every week, but he's still doing it. And I love that about him. And I think he's enjoying the fact that, you know, 20 years ago, when arguably he should have been a top guy, he got himself to WWE, got out of that WCW system and found himself with Steve Austin and The Rock, two, two of the top two probably draws in wrestling history were ahead of him in the pecking order. And now, you know, tw- it took 20 years, but now he's the guy. 
you know, in another company. And I think he's doing it the right way. And I think he's the perfect guy for this role as well. He's the perfect guy to be having these TV matches. He was the perfect guy for that Cody match at the pay-per-view. And yeah, I don't think I've got a bad word to say about Jericho. I think, I don't know, Observer Awards this year. Is he the Flair Fez? I'd, I'd definitely consider him. If, if, it, if it's not Okada, you know, maybe him. Yeah, I think he's definitely in the argument for a few awards in there, definitely. Uh, most charismatic as well, yeah, I think, yeah. to some extent. Um, uh, but he's very much in that kind of... It's kind of what Ric Flair was doing in sort of WCW in the very early 90s, NWA in the late 80s, where he's the man, but he's going to make guys yeah. while he's the man, and he's yeah. going to give guys an inch. Look at what Ric Flair did for so many during mm. that era. And I think Jericho's taken on that example. And I think Flair's the one you always go to when you look at how many guys he made and how many competitors and how many guys he made that he could make money with during that period as well. And I think Jericho's taken the lessons with that. Triple H would claim that he looked up to Ric Flair. <laughs> but Triple H took parts of, a, parts of what I would consider the more boring style from that NWA era mm. and took none of what made that era work in terms of making guys, putting guys over mm. and establishing the next guy. So that shows, requires him to show vulnerability and that ain't happening, is it? Well, no, because he's a superstar and he's the best. <laughs> he's the king of kings. Don't forget. Yeah. <laughs> Bow down. Indeed. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, in terms of thinking about SCU, I mean, I enjoyed these last two matches as far as like TV matches go. I thought they were, re- I mean, I really enjoyed the, the Pat Cameron Page match. Mm. Pat going you mentioned over there as well. about S- Sorry? Pat going over as well. Kind of linked to our conversation last week, wasn't yeah. it? We had, we had this whole conversation about how whether Page or Pac should have gone over and then they put Pac over on TV anyway. Uh, that was a little bit WWE 50 50, but, you know, it's fine if you're doing it in one slot. You can do it in one slot. Yeah. 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 As long as it's not the whole card. How many feuds? They've made it a dirty oh, well, word, haven't they? By doing it all constantly, yeah. yeah. There's nothing they, wrong with it in principle. They have, but it's one of the things we've spoken about is about building Page up to get into that main event level. This is the kind of perfect long-term feud. We talked, we talked about Packers Gatekeeper. That's the role he has here. Mm. And Page losing to him and trying to come back every once in a while and maybe get one over on him and maybe very rarely he does but overall pack has the kind of wool on him and it just the idea being that it makes page work harder hopefully gets him over and he has been more over so over these last since yeah, no, the television, yeah. television has started and his matches are better you can tell that confidence is coming back this is following on from a really strong theme so i was even though there's a part of me, I don't like you guys, when I saw it, I thought my natural instinct wasn't to like it. And then thinking was going, actually, but it makes complete. Yeah. And then kind of e- easily thinking, well, mm-hmm. no, nah, actually, this makes sense. But the, what the character yeah. stuff they did with yeah. Pat being quite yeah. dastardly and having to knock him out and all sorts to yeah. get the win, I thought worked it's, as it's, well. It's yeah. a, and we'll get to see Pat this weekend as well. So, you know, you get him seen yeah. as the amazing red. So. It all works out. You'll be fine. And you know what it, what it reminds me of? It reminds me of, remember, like, in a bad way, Triple H when he had that feud with Brock. And he let Brock win the first match and the last match, but Triple H made sure he won the WrestleMania match because that was the one people remember. Like, and that's him being a dickhead. But in this story, Paige got the big high-profile run on the pay-per-view. Pat, you know, you can maybe say wins the overall feud, but it probably just means they've got maybe more immediate plans for Pac, as in, you know, maybe him doing a higher-level profi- profile match uh, than Paige immediately. But Paige has always got in his back pocket that he won the famous pay-per-view match, so he's going to be all right long-term. So it's like a positive use of that shitty Triple H logic, I think, uh, in there too. Yeah. 
But yeah, I thought that was strong, and yeah, I enjoyed the main events as well, JP. I thought that was that was strong too. Just a good show. I, I think you know the, mm. the the women's division still has many issues that we talked about last week, but all in all, I'm feeling uh, quite positive on it on AEW right now. Yeah, I think so. I think I mean it was one of the comments I remember hearing from Voice of Wrestling this weekend. Joe Lanza was saying generally it's a very well booked promotion, and I actually say for a lot of it in terms of some of the storylines they've got going on, I'm quite engaged. Mm-hmm. and I'm I'm interested and I find myself watching every week generally I haven't found any of the episodes to be bad I haven't by found any stretch of imagination yeah, that's mm. it yeah. I'm going to start skipping the Joshy stuff at some point. <laughs> if I see Emmy Sakura fast forward is probably going to get pressed for the first time and Brandy Rhodes and awesome oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, some of that fair. stuff the women's division isn't good no yeah. it's not it's that's not. a problem for sure. Uh, anything else on AEW? Or as you mentioned there, Joe, we've got Rev Pro at the weekend we're looking forward to. Anything on that? Or anything else you want to talk before we go? Um, I'm looking forward to Rev Pro, but, you know, I want to hit the sack, if I'm honest, Ben. Fair enough. Start <laughs> past midnight. I've got to drive. I've got some washing out of JP's washing machine. Yeah, his washing machine bus. I do his washing and tumbling. Tonight. Yeah. Oh. So I've got to go and dr- His pants this time, right? Wow. Better than yours, mate. That, that, that's Less a long distant memory. All right, those, old, those pads. old pads. They're all gone. What happened? To all gone. I threw them out. You don't use them as like wanking rags. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a way to finish this. What show. a perfect way to go. Uh, <laughs> any plugs, JP? Do you want to recommend to anyone else come around use your washing machine? You could charge. Could be a service. Uber for washing machines. Um, JP's house. It's all right. I fixed my dishwasher at the weekend as well. I got some glass that was stopping the propeller from working. So oh, good, yeah, good, good. I managed to do that on the Sunday as soon as the back was feeling a bit better. Nice. Um, in terms of plugs, completely random off this. Um, really weird plug. I bought a copy of WrestleTalk magazine this week. Oh. And if you're a fan of Power Slam, it was quite good fun, quite an easy read. I'd say have a, have a read of that. Um, hopefully better news on the Gazra and China stuff next week. Otherwise, you can follow me on Twitter at JPGP. No unboxing tickets yet. So uh, if, if on the off chance anyone's got them, Come find us. That's it. Yeah, you can see me at Tattoos well, on I Friday. Could. See us at Red Pro on Sunday. Yeah, if anyone's got them, uh, let us know. Um, yeah, follow me on Twitter at Benson Richie D. Uh, also download the Grapple app. Uh, this, I think it was last week, uh, Melter gave Devlin and Star five stars. The average on Grapple right now is sitting at four point eight six. So you know, quite, quite, quite up there with uh, with what Dave gave it. Uh, Garrett did point out that if you actually work out the Grapple average, though, compared to Dave's ratings, considering he goes up to seven stars now. A fire from him is only worth 3.57, so he mustn't have liked it at all. Uh, but the grapple <laughs> users are certainly uh, giving it high ratings. So yeah, do that. Put some ratings in. And as uh, Gareth has also said, you know he's he's putting together the uh, the grapple 50 and the grapple 100. The grapple 100 being the uh, top 100 matches of the year. And yeah, there are a couple of uh, borderline matches on there that maybe don't have quite the uh, the 50 votes yet to uh, to make part of that 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 100. But they've got a high average. So if there's anything uh, a borderline that you're thinking that uh, that you have rated on grapple get on there and make sure it's part of that conversation and make sure your uh your favorite wrestler gets considered for the uh, the grapple 50 uh, coming at the end of this year but we'll probably have some uh announcements on our end as well from a podcast point of view of uh, some special year-end stuff we'll do you know top matches ash rev joe that type of stuff too but yeah, yeah. in the meantime uh, download the grapple app uh follow us all uh, on social media apart from joe as we just mentioned and again we'll be back next week bye
Are you ready to meet the moment? Ozzy and our friends at Chevrolet are proud to present Real Talk, Real Change to help foster racial equality in America. And we're inviting you to help. Join me, Carlos Watson, as I talk with key leaders from across the country about racial disparities in America's healthcare system. Look for The Carlos Watson Show and Real Talk, Real Change on YouTube and subscribe. Or download The Carlos Watson Show wherever you get your podcasts.